0: The C-Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the C-Report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to $4.99 per month to $9.99 per month, every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the C-Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm Slash the Sea Report. And thanks, y'all. <laughs> I told you guys, Hillary is looking more and more like George Soros with them bags under their eyes. They could basically be uh, womb womb buddies, right? What's it called? Sack buddy? I don't know what they're called. Anyways, not twins. <clears throat> But they're getting pretty close, if you ask me. <laughs> Anyways, guys, let's move on to the next statement from President. For those of you on the podcast, you really need to see the live stream to see what just happened. <laughs> okay, now uh, here is the next statement from President Trump. Now we're shifting gears out of Ukraine and we're moving back into President Trump's backyard. That would be the uh, state of New York. And this debacle that he's been going, uh, going through, this, this witch hunt, that the uh, district attorneys and the Attorney General of New York are still pursuing against President Trump. Here's a late statement from President Trump long about February 20th. It goes this way. My long-term accounting firm did not leave me for any other reason than they were harassed, abused, and frightened. By district attorneys and attorney generals that for years have been threatening them with indictment and ruination, they were broken by these radical left racist prosecutors, and could not and could not take it anymore. Even though the letter they sent stated Mazars performed its work in accordance with professional standards. A subsequent review of those work papers confirms this. First, their disclaimer clause in the financial statements has for years stated much the same. My company is incredible with some of the greatest assets in the world and very low debt. Also, we're loaded with cash. The fake news media hates talking about this. Well, there you go. Now, as we covered here on the C-Report, and as you guys probably know, uh, President Trump's, uh, um, I think it was his, his, his tax firm, Mazars, they who have worked closely with him for decades now, uh, uh, relinquished their account with President Trump under pressure from investigation by Attorney General um, in uh, New York and also the district attorney's. They released statements that we went over here and you know the main the mainstream, shame stream news, the fake news, the legacy media have gone on and on about about how they left President Trump because his accounting was questionable. His business practices were questionable. Which in my opinion was just a setup in case they tried to, I don't know rap smear campaign him on his finances like say they pulled the trigger they could say well mazar said this and cnn reported that and the new york times said this so it must be true but inevitably as it usually goes with president trump president trump who's a uh, teflon don over there nothing seems to stick to the man it didn't work out that way and as it turns out The New York prosecutors who were leading the inquiry against Trump resigned. Let's see what this article from USA Today, another dishonorable mention, has to say about this situation. Two New York prosecutors leading Trump inquiry resigned from Manhattan District Attorney's office. Two New York prosecutors who had been leading a criminal investigation into former president, their words not mine, President Donald Trump's business operations, have departed the Manhattan District Attorney's office, suddenly casting doubt on the future of the inquiry. The resignations of Carrie Dunn and Mark Pomerantz come just over a month into the tenure of District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who succeeded longtime prosecutor Cyrus Vance Jr. Vance did not seek re-election, nor did he get a prosecution just like he wanted. A Bragg spokesperson, Danielle Filson, confirmed the resignations but indicated that the investigation is ongoing we are grateful for their service Bilson said we can't comment further the resignations were first reported earlier wednesday by the new york times dunn and pomerantz did not immediately respond to request for comment dunn who served as general counsel first joined the office in 1984 According to the office website, he had been advising the district attorney on legal, policy, and strategic issues while overseeing significant investigations, including the Trump inquiry and the reinvestigation of the assassination of Malcolm X. I guess that has something to do with President Trump. I don't know. Anyways, a former federal prosecutor known for his expertise in complex white collar investigations was hired by Vance last year to assist with the Trump inquiry. They all should resign for targeting political opponents while crime skyrockets. Trump spokeswoman Liz Harrington said the former president has repeatedly derided the criminal investigation and a parallel civil investigation led by New York attorney general Letitia James as politically motivated. During a rally last month in Texas, Trump told supporters, for years they've been going after my company. Many years. They've been using every trick in the book to literally, if they can, put me in jail. They want to put me in jail! Last summer, the investigation produced criminal charges against the Trump Organization and its chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, in which prosecutors detailed an alleged tax evasion conspiracy spanning more than a decade the 15 count indictment alleged criminal tax fraud conspiracy and falsifying business records weisselberg was also charged with grand larceny in connection with failing to pay taxes on 1.7 million dollars in benefits from the company The Manhattan criminal investigation has loomed large for the former, their words not mine, the president and his family. Last week, attorneys for Trump, his son Don Jr. and daughter Ivanka Trump, expressed their concerns for the ongoing criminal inquiry as they sought to quash subpoenas for their depositions in the related civil inquiry headed by the state attorney general. A New York judge decided against the Trumps, ruling that the attorney general was entitled to their testimony. In its account, the New York Times reported that the prosecutors submitted their resignations after the district attorney expressed doubts about moving forward with the Trump case. The district attorney's office has declined to elaborate on the departures. In addition, the investigations in New York, Trump also is the subject of separate criminal investigations in georgia where atlanta area district attorney fanny what you talking about willis has been conducting a year-long inquiry into the former president's effort to overturn the 2020 state election won by president joe biden willis is expected to begin calling witnesses before a special state grand jury in may in an interview with usa today earlier this month What you talking about, Willis, said prosecutors have identified more than 100 potential witnesses into that inquiry. So we'll leave it at this. Trump has defeated the district attorneys. Oh, yes, Trump has. But nevertheless, the state of New York, in all of their ghoulish, treasonous manners, in all of their witch-huntery, have elected new prosecutors to go against trump so let's talk about that this article comes from is it a dishonorable mention or an honorable mention the gateway pundit ah it's an honorable mention i'll take it the new new prosecutors will lead trump probe after lawyers resign manhattan district attorneys A new prosecutor has been chosen to spearhead the criminal probe into Trump's businesses after two lawyers quit earlier this week, the Manhattan DA's office announced on Friday. Susan Hoffinger will now lead the probe into Trump and the practices of his family business, the Trump organization, according to Danielle Filson, a spokeswoman for Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan district attorney. Hoffinger worked at a private law firm focusing on criminal defense before joining Bragg's office as executive assistant district attorney and chief of investigations in February. According to her LinkedIn profile, she had previously served in the Manhattan district attorney's office in the 1990s. Two prosecutors leading the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation into President Trump's business practices abruptly resigned on Wednesday. According to the New York Times, the new Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, has serious doubts about the case against Trump, leading two of his top prosecutors to resign. The New York Times reported... The two prosecutors leading the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation into into President Donald Trump and his business practices abruptly desi- resigned on Wednesday amid a month-long pause in their presentation of evidence to a grand jury, throwing the future of the high-stakes inquiry into serious doubt. The prosecutors, Carrie Dunn and Mark Pomerantz, submitted their resignations after the new Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, indicated to them that he had doubts about moving forward with a case against President Trump. So, it's pretty easy to see here, ladies and gentlemen, and we already knew this, they have no case. It's just a witch hunt, just like President Trump has said from the jump. All right, here's another statement from President Trump going back to February twenty-seven. He says, just heard about an incredible effort underway that will strengthen the Republican Party. The precinct strategy is enlisting America First Patriots to their local county Republican Party committees, positions which are too often left vacant. If members of our great movement start getting involved, that means you becoming a precinct committee man for your voting precinct we can take back our country from the ground up. The Precinct Strategy, as explained by Dan Schultz at www.precinctstrategy.com, is a great way to restore our republic by transforming our party from currently at less than half strength at the precinct level into a full-strength get-out-the-vote powerhouse, as it should be. Make America great again. Need I say, that's why I was at the precinct convention this evening, guys. Well, that's not the only reason why. But uh, precinct strategy, guys. We need to show up if we're going to follow up and get up and get out, basically. All right. Moving on to the next statement from President Trump. March 1, all right, we're up to date. The Wisconsin state, the state of Wisconsin just announced massive election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. See the findings from the Office of the Special Counsel's second interim investigative report on the apparatus and procedures of the Wisconsin election system. Read carefully, because despite the findings, the fake news will never allow you to see what's happening The media is corrupt, and so was our presidential election. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen. And we sure did tune in this morning to the hearing, the Gableman Report. The Wisconsin Committee on Elections holding their 2020 election investigation hearing, the Gableman Report. What we've been waiting for, guys, Gableman has been a bulldog. He's been he's been on the case guys over there and it was a really good hearing a lot of really good points are brought out gableman said a lot of things that i was glad to hear him say that i was surprised to hear him say and he also gave his recommendations and among those recommendations was the certification of the 2020 election in wisconsin so that's the second time we hear for a calling for the certification one by way of a, uh, of, um, one by way of legislature, uh, but what was it? By way of what, uh, representative Rantham passed a, uh, a privileged, uh, well, I mean, I don't say privileged, like it wasn't privileged, but I mean privileged cause that's what it's called, like a privileged amendment. And then we also had now this investigation where Supreme court justice Gableman is recommending that recommendation. He went through a lot of things, guys. Now, one thing that we need to keep in mind is that with, um, uh, Supreme Court Justice Gableman, it was all about attacking how the law was broken in the state of Wisconsin, because even great America first patriots like Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin have said on video, there was no, there was no fraud in Wisconsin and there's no way to prove it. I might add that that was undercover video. We showed it here at the C report so they went in at it by attacking the laws that were broken, which was the best way to go. But now the state of Wisconsin is still doing everything they can to undermine election integrity and doing everything that they can to undermine the will of their constituents, the will of their voters, the will of the people of Wisconsin. Uh, Representative Janelle Branchin, who is the chair of the Wisconsin's, uh, committee's, uh, Wisconsin elections committee, who is also the chair present today at the Gableman report hearing, uh, has released a new statement regarding a new bill that the Wisconsin House of Rhinos is trying to pass to again subvert the will of the people, to subvert the Constitution, to subvert the law of the land, and to legislate their way into election fraud and election lack of integrity, by way of passing bills. Let's take a look at what this one has to say. This is from representative Branchin big old good old mama bear up there in the state of Wisconsin who's been protecting elections all by her lonesome until recently. God bless this woman. February 28th it says uh, state representative Janelle Branchin issued the following statement regarding the assembly effort to allow Monday vote processing. After spending a full year not getting access to original ballots, ballot envelopes, tabulators, or tabulator modems from the very cities that Assembly Bill 946 would affect, including Milwaukee and Green Bay, why would Republicans wish to pass this ill-advised amendment on Senate Bill 946? Or Yeah, SB 946. Yeah, Senate Bill. The last-minute amendment written in large by Senator Bernier... Grants early access to absent ballots by entering ballots in the tabulators the Monday before elections. Counting the ballots should be driven by security, not speed. Why would we want to give bad actors the chance to see ballots prior to election day? Milwaukee and other Central Count locations have not given Republican poll workers equal access to wards or Central count. The biggest challenge for transparency is who is in the counting room, not when the ballots are counted. In addition, these cities impose restrictive vaccine mandates and various other tricks to limit Republican participation. The public trust in our election process is already unacceptably low. Again, why would we give bad actors an extra day to cheat? Can you believe that they're doing this in Wisconsin? Like, the things that were illustrated in uh, Supreme Court Justice Gableman's presentation today were heartbreaking enough. Like, we're not talking about the actual fraud. We're not talking about how uh, 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 Zuckerberg pumped in millions of dollars into uh, the Center for Tech and Civic Life. And then they biasly distributed that money throughout the Wisconsin Five and other precincts that they needed to get the vote out to get Democrats and progressives to vote. We're not talking about the money that they spent in order to uh, hire people that would do their dirty work for them. We're not talking about the, uh, the, the uh, um, National Vote From Home Institute who sent their head, Michael Spitzer Rubenstein, into uh, Green Bay to take over the elections and take them away from the city clerk, which, by the way, is where they broke the law, because uh, according to Wisconsin state law, according to Wisconsin city law, municipality um, rule, Uh, It is the city clerk who is to run elections, not some representative from the National Vote From Home Institute who is under the umbrella of the Center for Tech and Civic Life, okay? That's where they broke the law, and we're not saying that that's sad. Even though that was illustrated in Michael Gableman's report and at the hearing today, that's not what's sad. What's sad is how they illustrated the way that they have stolen, exploited, taken advantage of, and have humiliated the elders of the state of wisconsin when we have over 90,000 citizens of nursing homes who are taken advantage of okay who are exploited who are used as nothing in order to to pass these these uh democrat joe biden votes illegally and by fraud to be held accountable by law that was so hard to watch guys it just it ripped me apart watching those citizens of wisconsin in in their in their elderly care homes lacking the mental capacity to even understand in some cases the questions that they were being asked and these heartless vipers these heartless demons Working for this illegitimate administration as funded by Mark Zuckerberg and his Center for Tech and Civic Life going in at the behest of the Wisconsin Election Commission and totally denigrating these citizens in their golden years whom should be respected above all else. It was disgusting. Okay? So, yeah... This guy's, oh, it's ugly. It's ugly what they did to the people of Wisconsin. And I'm happy and we're blessed that even though the Rhino speaker of the Wisconsin State Legislature, Robin Voss, the Reince Priebus, Paul Ryan, Rhino, himself, hired this man, By God's grace, this man did not sell out, ladies and gentlemen, because I had my doubts about him when he first got on the case. But I would say he delivered today in flying colors. And you see this look of disgust on this man's face? Michael Gableman, Honorable Supreme Court Retired Justice Michael Gableman. He delivered the smackdown today. At his hearing. We got a lot to be thankful for. What's going on in Wisconsin. We have to be thankful for people like. Representative Rantham. Representative Branchon, Honorable Supreme Court Justice. Retired Michael Gableman. And the people of Wisconsin. That keep that flame going. That don't relent. That are vocally active. That let them know. We need change. And to the GOP uh, uh, counties who are calling for Robin Voss to be removed as the chairman of the GOP in Wisconsin. It needs to be done, because after all, Robin Voss is an unrelenting and an unapologetic rhino, and he needs to go. Next statement from President Trump, ladies and gentlemen. This is from March 1st as well. He says here, Everyone who loves America should be closely following today's vital hearing in the Wisconsin Assembly Committee on Campaigns and Election with highly respected former Wisconsin State Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman. Oh, we watched it, ladies and gentlemen. It was fireworks, guys. It was fireworks. And for those of you who are listening to us on our podcast, we will have that uploaded by the end of night tonight. And you can catch the replay over at... Mr. CTV and the Mr. He channel, whether that is on the foxhole.app or pill.net or our Rumble channel or our Twitch channel or our Clout Hub channel, it's there for you guys to check it out. It was fireworks. Next statement from President Trump. Now we have another statement by way of election integrity. Uh, This one is from February 21st. Now this one goes along with the state of Michigan. State of Michigan's coming up to play pretty quickly. Uh, but uh, President Trump here makes another recommendation for such patriots as Matthew DiPerno. He is the constitutional lawyer that is running for the attorney general position in the state of Michigan against wretched Dana Nassel, who is the current attorney general. She's a mess. She's a wreck. She's a treasonous hack. She needs to go. And Matthew DePerno is the one to do it. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Matthew DePerno, he is a constitutional lawyer that was representing in Antrim County against the fraud in 2020. Now, under the watch of Matthew DePerno, a lot of fraud was proven. A lot of methods of fraud were proven. But the judge did not look at any of the evidence and he dismissed the case. On the grounds that he could not relieve the plaintiff, which makes no sense. Okay. He could not relieve the plaintiff. He could, he could offer him no relief. And because of that technicality, the judge did not even look at the evidence. But it was all there from vote switching to access to the modem to internet access for the machines. Uh, to 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 the number of people voting being higher than the number of registered voters everything was there but in the long game in jurisprudence it's not considered if it's not put into uh the judge's uh final rule he dismissed the case so he didn't ha- no one has to consider it's just like what they did with President Trump in the six hearings on election fraud in November and December of 2020. it's just like that. The judges throw out the case so they don't have to look at the evidence. The evidence is never submitted to the court. It's never submitted to official record so that the mainstream, lamestream, stream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda, pedophile media can say there was never any evidence. No evidence was ever seen. There was no evidence. Well, there was evidence. It's just the judges did not look at it on, on a technicality since it was not submitted to the record. They can say there was never any evidence. This is what happened in Antrim County. This is what happened with Matthew DePerno. He had a stellar case. He had a stellar case with all the evidence, with experts, with, with, with hard uh, um, 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 empirical evidence. And the judge dismissed it on a technicality and never looked at the evidence. And this is the man that President Trump has endorsed several times over for attorney general in the state of Michigan. And here's another statement from President Trump. Dear Michigan Delegate, Many of you already know that I am a big fan of the true, genuine patriot Matthew DiPerno. He is the fighter we all need to take Michigan back from the Democrats, having led the charge in calling out the obvious voter fraud in the 2020 election when nobody else would. Even before the election, Matt has fought for you and the Constitution. We need to get people like Matt elected, who represent the America First agenda, in order to prevent the radical left from further destroying our nation. Precinct Delegates of Michigan, we are living in troubling times. Your great state and our nation is under siege by the radical left Democrats, and right now, more than ever, we need America First candidates leading the charge for the Republican Party. The only way to end the left's destruction is to ensure Matthew DePerno is on the ballot in November so he can defeat Dana Nassel and turn this state around and restore it to the America First values our founding fathers intended. Rhinos like Tom Leonard are not viable candidates to win against Dana Nacell, as Leonard proved in 2018. Republicans will not turn out in big numbers like they did for me in 2016 or 2020 for establishment rhinos. So you must endorse Matt at the state convention on April 23rd, as he is the only candidate who can win in November. Matt will continue the work of my administration when it comes to draining the swamp. For far too long, we have allowed rhinos like Mitch McConnell and Liz Cheney to misrepresent the Republican Party. In order to get rid of wretched Gretchen Whitmer, wretched Dana Nassel, and Secretary of Snakes Jocelyn Benson, we need to put real American first, America First Republicans in office who provide real solutions to the problems the democrats continuously create my michigan friend matt is the only candidate in this race to offer a platform of effective solutions republicans like you who worked so hard to deliver me a victory in 2016 and in 2020 deserve better Tom Leonard is an absolute embarrassment to the GOP as demonstrated during last Friday night's debate in Alpena, Michigan, which Matt won with ease. Tom Leonard represents the loser mentality of all the rhinos who did nothing about the massive voter fraud and Democrat cheating in 2020. Leonard has been part of the establishment for 20 years he is a lobbyist and a fail, and failed as Michigan Speaker of the House. He lost to Dana Nassel in 2018 because he had a failed record of pushing progressive ideals. He was the Michigan co-chair for John Kasich's presidential campaign in 2016. Even with a Republican majority in the legislature and Republican governor, Leonard failed to cut income taxes, pass auto insurance reform, personally refused to co-sponsor and advance pro-life efforts, and failed to repeal Common Core. Additionally, Leonard has... I'm out of text! (laughs) Hold on here! President Trump, where's the rest of this message, sir? Where did it go? Oh lordy, how inappropriate okay let me we need to finish this guys we need to finish this statement from president trump so just give me one second i'll pull it up right in a minute okay let me get this president trump how could you do this to me president trump okay i'm just playing i would never ever ever shift responsibility for my own uh transgressions (laughs) man that letter was getting good i must have missed page two Oh, yeah, here it is. Okay. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. You know what we say here at the Sea Report. Hello ladies and gentlemen, good evening to one and to all, and welcome to another edition of The Sea Report, coming to you live on this, the first day of March, Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all are doing well today. I am your host, Michael Aaron Gossetis, otherwise known as Mr. Sea, and uh, we're doing it live here. On this, the first day of March, ladies and gentlemen, it just so happens to be a Tuesday, just so happens to be Texas primary day, and what a day it has been, ladies and gentlemen, I gotta tell ya, I wasn't 100% sure if I'd be on tonight, only because I've had quite a busy, 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 busy afternoon and a busy day. And boy, uh, all I can say is, I just ain't used to waking up as early in the morning as I did today. And it wasn't even as early. I know we got you, we got you, sun, sun, dawn, crack risers who get up at the butt crack of dawn. We got you, people who are up in Adam by 5 a.m., 4 a.m., we got you, people who are out there grinding away by 6 or 7 a.m. in the morning. That's not Mr. C's language, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you what for sure and a fact. But we did it, ladies and gentlemen, today because today we had to go vote, ladies and gentlemen, here in the great state of Texas. And uh, that is what I do, guys. I am, a, I am more of an election day voter than anything else. Because uh, it's always been my opinion that if you vote any time prior to election day, you are just giving the enemy a heads up on exactly what they need to do and what the numbers are that they will need in order to what? To steal the boat! Call me paranoid, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, well, you know, I'm a Virgo and we are naturally paranoid, so it's all good. I don't mind, ladies and gentlemen, but man, let me tell you what. I was up there early, 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 early this morning, long about 8 a.m., ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Some of you guys are sitting back and guffawing and you're like, 8 a.m. Mr. C, really? That's too early for you? Yeah, I usually don't wake up until a little bit after that. But it, it was an overall good day. And, uh, you know, uh, a very beautiful day to go out and vote in the Texas primaries, I gotta say. Quite satisfied with the fact that I got out there. Now, uh, we'll get into why I was on late tonight for that for tonight in just a minute, guys. But um, it was it was a beautiful day to go and vote. We had a full ticket here in the Texas primaries. I'm talking like we were talking and voting and so many competitions coming in on this primary election day. Uh, One would really have to wrap their head around what the heck. Now, let's just say this here now, ladies and gentlemen, If uh, you're a Texas kin, if you are Texas family, you know I will have you covered as much as I can. And to that end, ladies and gentlemen, we did a two-day GOP primary ballot prep work here at Mr. CTV. We didn't do it with the C-Report, of course. We did it with Lone Star News because Lone Star News, ladies and gentlemen, is another separate broadcast. It's a different show that I host, that is dedicated to Texas news and current events. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, you hadn't heard? Oh, you're Texas folk, but you don't tune in? Well, maybe you'll tune in next time. Now, the only thing I got to say about that and the primary, or or the only thing I got to say about Lone Star News in respect to elections in Texas is, I am a Texas voter, So, and I am an election day voter, more importantly. So uh, let it be known, let the record reflect, and let's put it in the record books, guys. If you want the skinny on the uh, deep dive information kind of dig that I do into Texas elections, well, you're going to have to wait until after early elections are over. Because I am not about to release all of my information for anyone to go and spoil the elections by voting early so that this way the enemy can figure out exactly how many ballots they need to stuff the box with. We're going to wait until elections for the early people are done. And that's just the way I roll, ladies and gentlemen. So we did a deep dive for the GOP primary ballot at the Lone Star News show, which is another show that comes out here at Mr. CTV and the Mr. C channels. And uh, that's just the way we roll, ladies and gentlemen. So I got to say, guys we did a deep dive i mean we looked at the propositions we looked at several races that are down ballots that a lot of people don't typically uh consider whenever they're going to the ballot box they're like let's talk about the governor and let's talk about our district representative and let's talk about our senatorial representative and that's about as far as they go okay They don't look at Lieutenant Governor. They don't look at the AG. They don't look at the Railroad Commissioner. They don't look at the Land Commissioner. They don't look at any of the judges, whether they are Supreme Court, Precinct, or Appeals Court judges. They don't look at none of that. We went through all of that, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm quite satisfied with uh, how I voted in that regard, guys. Now, uh... I do have a few folks who are asking if we've gotten any of the results in and Sean Joe, my dear friend, my good and dear and loyal friend, sir, we do have some of the results in. we're not going to go over them at this hour. All i has got to say, though, is I am quite disappointed with the turnout for the governor's primary position. I am going to have to vote for Rhino Abbott once again in the governor's race in November, which breaks my heart. There wasn't even a runoff, but you know what? If any of the rhinos here in Texas were really concerned about vote fraud, this might have been taken care of. But uh, Texas is full of rhinos, guys. Texas is full of rhinos. And it seems like no matter how much I flail and wave my arms... The constituents of Texas just don't see it; they just don't see the rhinocerosnessnessnessnessnessnessness of it all. But uh, when we, it comes to Texas and the state house legislature, <laughs> and I promise, ladies and gentlemen. That will be the only way and the only time that we're going to run the Rhino song tonight. Um, you know, actually, I need to clarify for my podcast listeners. They hear that, uh, that battle cry of horns and music often. they're like, what the heck is that, Mr. C? Well, that is the Rhino song, okay? <laughs> and anytime you hear that anthem, you should know in your heart and in your mind that it means... It's rhino hunting season, R-I-N-O, Republican in name only, for those of you who do not know out there. And it's most unfortunate because I can guarantee you, with this sham forensic audit that they're running here in Texas, as our good friend Aurelius Locke over at the foxhole and pill.net would say, the forensic not-it... Well, ladies and gentlemen, they, uh, they removed all of these uh, double voters, dead voters, illegal voters from the uh, Texas voter rolls. After November, I bet you money, through the prowess, the stealth, and the illegitimacy, and the lies, and the fraud of the ERIC system, that is ERIC, another acronym... Which stands for Election Registration Information Center, which I call the Election Rigging Information Center. I bet you money, even though they removed all of those voters that were illegitimate after November 3, 2020, in this sham forensic audit, I bet you money they turned them all back on for the primaries that were held today. And I say that because there was no runoff for the governor position, okay? Now, the only other reason that we can explain that there was no runoff in the governor's position is because, well, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West didn't come on my show like he was supposed to, but it's not his fault. It's the fault of his campaign managers, Okay. Anyways, just kidding guys, uh, the, we don't got that much clout here at the Sea Report. We don't reach that big of an audience. It wouldn't have made that much of a difference if I had had lieutenant uh, uh, lieutenant Governor, if I had had uh, Lieutenant colonel Alan West on my show and I had asked him and, and keep in mind, I voted for Alan West, okay, I am a West friend. Maybe they didn't think that. Maybe they saw my uh, Mexican complexion. Maybe they were like, "This guy looks like uh, what is what is that what is that subculture called?" Uh, 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 the ones that are like, they're not quite goth, but they're highly fashionable. I can't remember what they're called. Anyways, someone someone fill in for me right here. Anyways, because I don't go by any labels, it's kind of hard for me to remember the labels names. Anyways, um, what are they called? Yeah, this is going to bother me for the rest of the show, guys, because I cannot think of how they label me. You know, the, the the hip ones that are like, anyways, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The point of the matter is they looked at me and they thought I looked like a liberal and they're like, don't go on his show, Alan West. You know how I know that's the case? Because I had a guaranteed interview and then the campaign manager came in and said they were going to take over my interview position for the interview scheduler. And then I had to get into touch with them like several times before finally their uh, PR person was like, okay, we'll get an interview with you. And then he in- he scheduled me on an interview. I'm not sour, guys. I'm not sour. I'm just letting you guys know the way this went down, okay? Because I was looking forward to having a talk with uh, – well, speaking with, not a talk. I don't talk to people. I speak with people, right? I was looking forward to speaking with Colonel Allen West, you know? And I would have asked him questions that no one else is asking. And I would have asked him questions that maybe some Texans actually can care about. But then again, my reach is not that vast, you know? My reach is not that big, guys. Uh, it could be bigger. But, uh, you know, the C report and all the work that Michael Aaron Cossidis does is shadow banned it's it is it is literally algorithmed into a corner. I don't get censored okay i don't get I don't get knocked off platforms I don't get banned. I get algorithmed into a corner, and that's why I need your help if you are an endearing audience member who's been with me for any amount of time. They don't kick me off the networks. They don't ban me. They don't censor me because I'm a gay Hispanic, which means I could be on their side. What they do is they algorithm me into a small, tiny little corner where no one will ever find me. And the only way I can get out of that corner is if my viewers and my listeners share my links on their social media platforms, if they share my links, if they forward them on their phones to their friends, to anyone who cares to listen, okay? That's the only way I can get out of this algorithm corner. Like, I am literally shadow banned and algorithmed into a corner. They don't knock me off of Twitter. They don't knock me. Well, they finally knocked me off of Facebook. They got so tired of me. They finally knocked me off of YouTube four times, but I'm still there, okay? That's all I'm saying, guys. If you really want to help my show, if you really want to help me with my reach, then you can do that, and let me tell you what, they're changing the game on me here over at the Sea Report, you know, because uh, aside from for, aside from assisting me with, like, you know, sharing my links and spreading the word about this show, you know, uh, monetary help Really, really comes into play here, and uh, again, my reach isn't so expansive that I get oodles and oodles of donations. And you know, I still have to, I still have to gain the trust of my uh, audience and the population out there in that regard. But uh, now they've changed the rules of the game on my podcast. You used to be able to listen to my podcast, and any time you listen to any episode for any amount of time, I would receive a little bit, a modicum. Of financial support. And you know what? Every bit helps. I was able to pull through with that. But guess what, guys? They changed the rules of the game. Now, in order for my podcast to get any type of monetary or monetization or financial support, I have to have a certain threshold of viewers, listeners, audience members. And I don't have that. So guess what? For all the work that I do now, for all the times you guys listen to my podcast, I'm getting zero. Okay, which is fine. It's fine because I'm not here to get money, but I can't be here forever if I don't have those donations, whether they jingle or whether they fold. I will have to fold eventually because I'm going to have to, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go now because uh, they, they effectively deconstructed any kind of monetization that I have on my podcast, which wasn't much, but it was nice while I had it. And now it's gone. Unless anyone who's in the audience right now goes over to the C-Report over at Anchor.fm and subscribes for free, I need to build my audience on my podcast now. Because, you know, I used to be able to get something, now I'm getting nothing, okay? And I'm bringing you an episode almost every day of the week. Sometimes I'm bringing you two, okay? Now, the reason why I'm here late today is because we were actually on live earlier today, And we were doing the Gableman Report. Wisconsin had their report drop, and it dropped hard, ladies and gentlemen, over there in that great cheese state. And uh, so we were on for about four hours today. It was actually a beautiful thing. It was great. It was a great experience, you know, going on early in the morning. I went to go vote in the Texas primaries, okay? I went to go vote. I got back, oh, I picked up some tacos on the way home. <laughs> and then I didn't even have time to eat my tacos because it was, let's, it, it, the show's got to go on, ladies and gentlemen. You know how it goes, guys. You know how it goes. It goes a little bit like this. Well, well, the, show the show must, go, must go, on. go on. Tacos or not. <laughs> the show must go on, Microwave Marge. So we got on this morning with the Gableman Report. Okay, and uh, that was a very good four-hour hearing, and uh, very good, very... So we'll get into it in just a little... We'll, we will skim it, ladies and gentlemen, but rest assured, the entirety of the Gableman Report and any commentary that I had with it will be live... Well, it won't be live. It will be on my podcast in a little bit, guys. I wasn't able to get it uploaded to my podcast before tonight's episode, which is happening right now, because I wasn't even planning to come on right now, because guess what? we had a precinct convention here in Texas in my precinct, okay, and so I went to go to the precinct convention, ladies and gentlemen, and let me tell you what i'm I'm glad I did because uh I was the only one that showed up, okay. <laughs> And so, by default, I am now my precinct delegate, and I will be going on to the senatorial precinct convention, which is happening. I don't even know when. Right now, we're in recess, and I'm the one who's in charge of all the paperwork. And I'm I'm basically the, uh, I'm, the uh, <laughs> I'm the precinct chairman. Uh, I'm the precinct timekeeper. I'm the precinct. Uh, uh, what is it? The guy that, who uh, takes the minutes. I'm all of that. Okay. <laughs> I called up our, I called up, I called up our GOP chairman and I was like, look, uh, I'm here at the precinct. Uh, I've been here for about uh, 20 minutes and, uh, I, I just, what do I do? (laughs) And he was like, well, you don't got to wait anymore because it's been 20 minutes. There's not inclement weather. And, uh, and, and there's not, uh, it's not like, you know, we still have lines out the door for the polls. The polls are closed. So he's like, you know what? You're our delegate. And I said, Okay. I said, I will, I will see you at the next convention and I will have all the paperwork turned into you guys. So this is the first for me guys, like, uh, uh, to be quite honest with you, it might be by default, (laughs) but I'm excited. So, so now I'm my precinct delegate. I might be my precinct chairman, too. I don't know. Okay? <laughs> so, but uh, but you know what, guys? I'm entering into this new journey, okay? Because I wanted to be the precinct judge, to be quite honest with you guys. But uh, since I don't have an automobile, I could not fulfill that duty because there are a lot of transportational necessities that a precinct judge needs to have. And uh, even after filing the application and all that stuff, it was it was kind of like, well, you need. But there was a precinct judge. It might have been a Democrat. It could have been a Republican, but I don't have an automobile, so I couldn't do much about that. But I am the precinct delegate, which means I will represent my precinct, which probably would have been empty if I hadn't shown up. And if this had been like a presidential election year, guys, I would feel really bad. That there was not a single person for the GOP to represent because uh, no one was there. No one was there. The chairman was like, well, thank you for showing up. Thank you for caring. Thank you for being the only one to be there. The the uh, the deflating kind of message that I got from him as I spoke to him on the phone was this. It's not uncommon for no one to show up. It happens all the time. And I was like, damn, are you are you trying to tell me that in San Antonio... Even in the Republican party. And, and that is that is as I'm registered, guys. I, I don't follow party lines, but that is as I am registered. I was like, no one cares? Really? Like, no one shows up. He's like, it's not uncommon. It happens all the time. No one shows up. Thank you for showing up. And I was like, well, I got a ticket that said show up here at 730. So I went. <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. So I'm not so much a hero as I just showed up, you know? And, uh... And I'm not so much the delegate as I am just the default delegate, I guess, is kind of what I'm saying here. But uh, it was quite an experience. I I see a lot of you guys are popping in questions into the chat. Let me just jump into the chat over at the foxhole.app and at uh, pill.net because you guys are are on a roll at the moment. And, uh, you know, Sean Joe, thank you much, sir, for always being here for uh, me and the C-Report. I know you don't do it for me. You do it for the news. <laughs> I'm just joshing with you. We got pill by the Rabbit. We got Sean Joe in the house. Sean Joe throwing some cookies at me. I love the cookies. I catch them with my mouth. And uh, we also got Relanon. Thank you for also 117 pills, gold, a gold pills donation there. And Oh, Sean Joe says, I just plugged you on Diddy's shows. Well, thank you, Sean Joe, for doing that. I appreciate you. Just be careful there, though, because I don't want Diddy to be like, why are you uh, plugging another show? Is he live right now? I don't know. Is he if he's live right now? I don't. I don't. I just. I don't like the cross. I don't like the friendly crossfire like that because you know I'm like that. I'm like, why are you promoting your show while you're li- While I'm live right now. Okay. Anyways, well, thank you, Sean Joe. I appreciate that. I do appreciate you doing that. Um, and, and asking about the primary, honestly, Sean Joe, I have not looked down ballot. I only looked at the governor and I only look at the AG, okay. And the Lieutenant governor. That's all I've seen at this point. Maybe tomorrow we'll go live with the results for the uh, primary results with a Lone Star News episode. Why not, guys? You know, it's all about cleaning up our backyard in the end. You know, the C report is going to bring you national news, it's going to bring you international news. Lone Star News is all about Texas. So maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll go we'll go live with a, a Lone Star News and I'll lament the results. I don't know what's going on with the land commissioner just yet, Sean Joe. I don't know. You could surprise me if you want during this broadcast, Sean Joe, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how any of them went right now, to be quite honest with you, because I had to get to the precinct convention. And then I came back and I got ready for the show tonight, which is why I'm here late night. I would have been here earlier if I didn't go to the precinct convention today, but I went... And that's why we're doing this a little bit late tonight. And here we are, guys. And uh, you know what? Thank you, my Texas friends, and God bless you for going out and voting today, for voting, for just being active in the process, okay? Regardless of the results, I I, I absolutely honor anyone who takes the time to show that their state, that their country that their city is important to them, okay? Now, I'm willing to bet that the propositions for, uh, for today's primaries all went through with flying colors, which I grin about because the propositions were amazing, particularly the one about holding Democrats accountable for flying the coup and not giving them any chairman positions. Uh, but uh, let me tell you what, guys. I'm entering a, a new journey as a precinct delegate. I've never done this before. And I'm gonna take you guys with me on this journey. So as we go to our next delegate convention, and as I learn the process, I will share that with you because I don't know, the the, the chairman was like, you know, like, uh, if we, you can call me later and I'll walk you through everything that and I'll explain everything to you and we'll get it down. And I was like, you know, I was like, I will have all my paperwork filed by the deadline. And uh, I will call you if I need you. Um, but as I learn this process of what it means to be a precinct delegate all the way up to whatever it leads to. I will take you guys on that journey with me so we can learn together because that's what we need. We need, not just for the sake of me telling a story, but because there, th- this is a story that not many people know about, not many people are told about, not many people are educated about. So as I learn, I'm going to share that information with you guys because I don't know. I'm entering into this. I mean, I could look it up and I could study it like I do for the show, but I really don't know. Now I'm learning firsthand experience. I wanted to be a precinct judge. But I can't because I don't have an automobile and it requires taking ballots and taking this and that and traveling them from, you know, the precinct headquarters to the chairman's headquarters and delivering ballots throughout all of the area. And I can't do that because I don't have a car. I can drive. Don't get me wrong. I just don't have a car. So I can't do that. I couldn't function in that manner. That's what I wanted to do. But uh, I'll, I'll take precinct delegate. I'll take precinct delegate, you know, and I will make sure that however my precinct and my area votes that I will honor that vote guys, even if I don't like it, but I don't think that I'll have to deal with that because I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm pretty sure that America will go the right way. you know what I mean? so uh, anyways, let me finish in the chat room because we've got a lot to cover guys, you know even though I'm a little bit late and even though I've had a very busy day, I did not short you guys out on a show for tonight. We've got a full show. It's jam- we got a jam-packed show, guys, tonight. And guess what? We're only going to spend about ten percent on Ukraine and Russia, which I'm very excited about, to be quite honest with you guys, because uh, Ukraine and Russia has just been derailing the news these days. They've been they've been a news hog, ladies and gentlemen. What can I say? They've been a news hog. Ukraine, Russia has been a news hog. So uh, we're going to get past that today. And uh, we're going to look at some other new stories I think you guys are going to enjoy. I think you guys will have a good time with us tonight here at the Sea Report. And I thank you so much for being here with us. Now, real quick, Tam Growl is in the house. What's up, Tam Growl? How you doing? You're right, Sean Joe. Alan West's show has ended because he didn't come on the Sea Report. Anyways, okay. (laughs) I was looking forward to interviewing him like so... Badly, but you know what? Because 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 Rhino Abbott's not going to give me a chance to interview him. Like, there's no way that Rhino Abbott is going to have me on, have him on my show. He's not. No, never. Anyways, okay. Let's get over it. Okay. Uh, Tam Grell, good evening, gal. Texas gal, good evening, gal. Good to have you in the chat room with us tonight. So glad to hear it. Yeah, Rhino Abbott won the primary because. He believes in rigging elections because he doesn't believe in having a full-on forensic thorough audit. Screw him. Two Rivers, what's up, bud? Good to see you, sir. Rhino, I just got in. (laughs) I talked to old man who thinks Fox is most reliable news on TV. He's in the 70s. All right. I, I spoke with an older gentleman myself at the precinct meetup where there was no precinct meetup. Anyways. Uh, Demented Joe is speaking. Yes. Uh, what did I, okay. Okay, guys, right before I got on, this is what I caught. This is what I caught of Demented Joe. He was, he was thanking, he was thanking the uh, Supreme Court justice that he, uh, he, he benched, right? With uh, Justice Brian or bryant or Brian, right and it was so gay i mean guys forgive me for saying but but this old justice bryant was like this he was oh, thank you thank you oh thank you thank you oh oh thank you thank you thank you oh oh i was like really really <laughs> this old coot was just like, he was like, oh, he was like beside himself. He was like, oh, oh, poopy pants. He was like, poopy pants Biden. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh, mwah, mwah, mwah. oh, oh. Like, I've never seen a Supreme Court justice act in such a way. I was like, really? You're like, you're really a Supreme Court? Really? You really wanted this? You know, you know, they were like, all right, Supreme Court Justice Bryant. Here's a couple thousand dollars, act like a fop, and act like you're so grateful that Poopy Pants Biden is talking to you, that he's even addressed you. And and again, 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 Supreme Court Justice Bryant was like this. Oh, 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 thank you, thank you. I was like, really, really? That's about all I saw. That's all I saw from Poopy Pants Biden, (laughs) guy. Now. I done her told that President Trump was also giving a speech today, ladies and gentlemen, at the same time that Biden was on. But I did not catch that, unfortunately, because I was getting this show together. And, you know, we would have gone live with President Trump. But, but time, circumstance, we'll catch it if we can. Ladies and gentlemen, we got other Trump news for you guys tonight anyway, so it should be good. It should be good. It should be good. Um, uh, 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 other than that, guys, other than that, <laughs> this Supreme Court Justice Bryant, guys, tripped me out. I was like, wow, this is just amazing. Uh, but anyhow, guys, thanks again for joining us. Texas gal, I see you in the chat rooms. Uh, whom else we see in here? Uh, let's see here. I still think many Texans thought West was a carpetbagger. Okay. I only had one issue with West. And I'll leave it there. Okay. Um, I, I honestly do not believe that the polls were honest though, either. And I'm not trying to sound like sour grapes, but I re- I really don't think. That Abbott won at 60% or higher. I really don't think he did. I really don't think he did. I really don't. I really don't believe... I don't believe that... I don't believe Don Huffines and and, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Alan West were at 10% neck-to-neck. I don't. I do not believe it. Mm Mm-mm. I don't believe it. I think they turned on the election rigging information center system and I think they stole it for Abbott. I really do not believe that Abbott won by that high of a margin. I really don't. And I'm not trying to sound like a scorned sour grapes gal. I'm just saying, I don't believe that that is exactly what happened, but you know what? That's the way that the rhino Abbott wants it. And most unfortunately, I'm going to have to vote for him in November unless there's some other kind of contestation of it, but I don't know guys. Texas Gal says that came, that came that campaign manager needs a what for explain to him. Pigeonholing you is wrong. You know what, Texas Gal? I didn't have a bad experience with him, so I don't mind it at all. Um I was the only one that showed up. And you know what? I'm honored to be a precinct uh delegate, to be quite honest. So I'm not sure. Hey CJM61, what's going on Akira? Akira, how you doing? Bottom of the pack, I voted for him. Trump's endorsed candidate appeared to be way ahead. Don, okay, all right. Don Buckingham. No, I told you guys, Don Buckingham was twice endorsed by President Trump, okay? I did not vote for Don Buckingham. I voted for uh, Victor Avila. But uh, I haven't looked at the down ballot uh, results, so I couldn't tell you for what, but that gives me some kind of an idea but I voted for Victor. I voted for Victor, not Don. I had some issues with Don, but she is twice, she is twice endorsed by Trump. And, uh, you know, maybe President Trump was hedging his bet so that he could keep his endorsement, like, uh, you know, a win streak going. And I don't blame him for that. But uh, he also endorsed Kay Granger, Come on, guys. If you know anything about Texas politics, you know Kay Granger is the oldest rhino in the pack. Okay? Hey, 123SKG, thank you for gifting the can. Thank you so much for your uh, uh, donation and your love, sweetie. I, you know, I can't do these things without you guys' support. I can't tell you how much my heart goes out to you who support this broadcast. And uh, we'll see. Uh, Akira says that uh, the next convention is in June. I guess I'll be there. I guess I'll be there because I'm the delegate for my precinct. And, uh, well, I will be there with uh, flying colors, so to speak. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Is It's this city. They are mostly brainwashed D's and Rhinos. Are you talking about San Antonio? Akira, are you in San Antonio also? That means we got three San Antonio kin here in the foxhole. And we should all meet up sometime. That's beautiful, Akira. And you're right. It's mostly Democrats and rhinos. It's mostly mostly Democrats in disguise. And it's mostly neglected city information. You know, we got to change that. I want to move out of San Antonio, but maybe I should stay here. I don't know. Bubbles, what's up, Bubbles? Good to see you. It's so great to see you in the audience again, Bubbles. I love you tex texas grandma texas grammy 22 this is a new name took a quick look at the state office results coming in not happy oh texas grammy oh texas grammy only a wonderful name like that could deliver that kind of news to me and i would not feel a certain way texas grammy but thank you we'll take a look at it wc crane my beautiful friend He is in the house, five pounds lighter after watching that shit show with Red Pill. I did not see the shit show with Red Pill. (laughs) I was out being a good precinct delegate. (laughs) Uh, But let me tell you what, I'm sure it was a show. If you're talking about the Wisconsin uh, hearing today, oh, sure. It was quite a show. It was fireworks, guys. I, I quite enjoyed it. And uh, I just, God bless Gableman, ladies and gentlemen, is all I got to say about that. And uh, thank you so much for the 101 gold pill donations. W.C. Cranop says, uh, is how many O's? I'm lighter after watching that mess on RP78's Bulimia comes to m-. he must have had a bunch of, he must have had a bunch of swamp creatures on his show, W.C. Cranop. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I hope you had had your dinner behind you many hours before tuning in W.C. Cranop, because let me tell you what, our stomachs are sensitive sometimes, but it's not our fault. You know, Trump's endorsed candidate. OK, Don B. Uh, let's see here. Aurelius Locke. What's up, buddy? The state of the BS was in fury. I'm sure it was. Did you see? Uh, did you see the Supreme Court justice curtsying for poopy pants Biden? <laughs> He curtsied like I've never seen a judge curtsy before. All right. They were good propositions and written in straightforward language. Akira says she's talking about the uh, Texas uh, prop uh, propositions for the GOP ballot. I think so. I think they all passed, Uh, but I don't know because I haven't looked just yet, guys. Duck Don Buckingham way up there. I, you know, Lakeway is a beautiful town. I worked in Lakeway for over a year. I loved it. But uh, she still was not my candidate. Sorry. Um, let's see here. What else do we got before we get into today's show? Akira asks, how do I get around without a car? Well, I either take a lift or I go by foot. And when I really have to, I take public transit. But yeah, that's how I do it here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, without a coche. As Hispanics would say, without a car, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) that's how I get around. If I had a car, I would have been the precinct judge, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Let's see here. Shanjo, Akira, Mr. C did a preview on Dawn and other candidates. Mr. C liked her, but liked Avila more. Yes, sir. You got that right. Always in Texas. How's it going? Do I show up in the chat? Hey, always in Texas. It's great to see you in the chat room. I see you in a whole bunch of other ones, so it's great to see you here in the show. Love you as always. Curious Cat, Abbott got an awful lot of votes. I don't believe it, Curious Cat. (laughs) I don't believe it. I'm not just being sour grapes. I'm not just being sour grapes. Anyways, okay. Breyer. Thank you, 123SKG. Justice Breyer with his curtsy. He was like, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, uh, Lord Biden, for acknowledging me. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Did you guys see that? Did you guys see Justice Breyer? I thought that was just a little bit much for a Supreme Court justice retired. Okay. But don't worry, guys, we're actually going to talk about Supreme. We're actually going to talk about Biden's pick tonight as, 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 uh, as, uh, uh, as, as Kismet, I don't know, as, as luck would have it. That's on the menu for tonight, guys. We are actually going to talk about Kintaji Brown tonight, guys. She's on the menu. She is on the menu. So just sit tight, guys, because she's coming up. And uh, I'm just having a bit of an extended introduction with all of you lovely, beautiful folks out there. Um, let's see here. Akari says, okay, that's fine, Mr. C. I'm going to unleash on Abbott then, and I will hound him every day to call that fourth special session. You know what, Akari? Let's do it. Because I'm about to unload on Abbott also. I'm about to unload on Abbott. Like, you guys, I'm so about to unload on Abbott. And the only way we can get the word out there is if you guys share my links. (laughs) Spread the word. We go hard here at the Sea Report. You guys know I do my homework, okay? Y'all know I do my homework. So if you want, if you want, it, it, it's game on, game on, Abbott. Let's go. Let you know. But the thing about it is, Akira, if we all go after Abbott right now, if Lieutenant Colonel Allen West does not contest the results of this election, then we're allowing Bethel O'Rourke, the fake ass Mexican. Beto, Robert Francis O'Rourke to win. So now we have to kind of fall in line, which kind of sucks. We have to fall in line. Thank you for the cookie, Sean, Joe. We have to fall in line behind Abbott because if we don't, then, fuck, then Robert Francis O'Rourke is going to take... He's not going to take it. We all know he's not going to take it. Even though Robert Francis O'Rourke received 98% of the Democrat vote because everyone is so blind and they're just oh he looks like an elf let's vote for Robert Francis O'Rourke oh because we heard that name for the last what three years, four years eight years, That he's the only one that we know, everyone else in the Democrat primary received like less than 5% of the vote guys, like Robert Francis O'Rourke took it so it's going to be Robert Francis versus Wheels Abbott, right and that's just the way it's going to be so, I mean, like, we can hammer on Abbott, but if we do, we also risk losing it to someone like, piece of crap, O'Rourke, okay? So, we're going to have to strategize over this, guys. We're going to have to form a strategy. I just, I don't like being in this position, guys. I don't like it. But you know what? I, went, I was in this position every time I voted until President Trump. And you know what? I never lost my resolve. I never lost my focus. So we can do this, Texas. We can do this. We can get through another four to eight years of Abbott if we have to. We got through it our entire voting career. We got through it every single time we voted until President Trump. So we can do this in Texas, guys. We won't lose our resolve. We won't lose our fight. We won't lose our 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 um our go, guys. We'll we'll get this, guys. We'll get this. Don't I'm am I'm a delegate now. <laughs> anyways guys all right I, I appreciate the love here guys oh texas gal said she meant uh <laughs> texas gal she meant uh west Count Cam- i know her name i know her name i know his pr persons by name and all i can say is i'm small potatoes here so maybe that's why they had no faith in my show it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay lieutenant colonel alan west i bought two of your books it's okay it's okay It's okay, It's whatever. I'm not sour. We've got we've got to focus on the future, guys. We can't rest our laurels in the past. Okay, we can't rest our laurels in the past. We got to move forward, which means there's plenty of other people that I can get on my show here in the state of Texas. And that's what we're going to do. Akira says, I think Paxton was leading, but not at 50 percent yet. So there might be a runoff. You know what? We're going to have to pull it for Paxton. You know, you know, who, you know who I bet's going to be in the runoff with him? It's either going to be Eva Guzman or it's going to be George Prescott Bush. He who is named after a pedophile and a Nazi. I bet you. And you know why? Because this sham audit in the state of Texas, which is exactly what it is, just like Aurelius Locke said, it's an audit. They turned on the Eric system again. I bet you money they turned on the Eric system again. I bet you. They don't want to get rid of Eric here in the state of Texas. Because as long as they have Eric, they can feign uh, integrity in their elections. They can. Bubbles, thank you for gifting the cookie. I appreciate you much. Texas Grammy 22. Thank you for gifting the shades, my love. Thanks for doing your part in the precinct. You know, I was like, we're having a precinct convention. Let's go. Let's go meet up with all the patriots. And I was the only one there. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. Uh, Nukem Bunny. Hey, Nukem Bunny, it's been a minute. Newkem Bunny says, "Thank you, Mr. C. I have loved Victor Abila since he was trapped and shot by the Mexican cartels, and his partner was killed, never made the news. It's a sad fact, Nukem Bunny, but he's the person I cast my vote for. I voted for Victor Abila. It's all good, though. We're not done yet, guys. We're not done here in the state of Texas. There's always a recourse. Akira, you're by SeaWorld. Guess what? I'm in the medical center. We're pretty close. And guess what, Akira? The other Texas San Antonio kin I know is up in uh, Bulverde. So we're actually all pretty close to each other. Sean Joe, thank you for gifting the cookie again. CJM61 says, stay and make a huge difference. So it sounds like CJM is voting for me to stay in San Antonio. <laughs> well, we'll see, CJM. We'll see. Uh, Nukem Bunny says, I'm in Pennsylvania. Not much help to Texas or you. I'm sorry. Hey, Nukem Bunny, you know what? Those words of encouragement. That's that that goes far, guys. Everyone being here and showing up at, at during the show live, it goes far. It helps with the moral support. I can tell you, it really does. It really does. Uh, although I might say, I got some pretty interesting feedback. Uh, apparently, some people want and uh, they want a morning Mister C show. <laughs> I'm considering it. I just need to find a format. I I had a pretty good format suggested. I could do two shows a day. I could do two shows a day. I could do an early morning show that's kind of on the fly, kind of a breakdown, kind of a call-in show, kind of a casual show. And then we could do the Sea Report in the evening. I'm not against it. But uh, in order to do that, I need more support. And I'm talking about more support because... uh, Bills, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> they need to be paid. Um, okay, so uh, uh getting off of that, because I'm a terrible salesperson. Um, let's move on. Let's move on. Awakened Mom is in the house. Biden was the shit show. Complete bullshit. I don't doubt you. Awakened Mom, it was probably like a diaper full, right? It was probably a diaper full. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Bubble says that she could not watch the RP show. Well, that makes me wonder what was going on over there. But I don't know, because I don't have time to watch other shows much, ladies and gentlemen, to be quite honest. Hey, Sea Dragon, what's up? (laughs) Sea Dragon usually carjacks someone. Well, you know, Sea Dragon, if I did not believe in serving up justice... And if I I did not believe in karma, maybe I would carjack someone too. But uh, that would be totally against what I stand for as a uh, human being. I am not by any means denigrating the kind of human that you are, Sea Dragon. I'm just saying. I don't even like to joke like that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what else do we got in the chat room? Two Rivers says, POTUS45 has been wrong on the mRNA. Uh, okay, POTUS. We're not. I mean, okay, POTUS. Okay, Two Rivers. We're not going to get into that conversation. We're not. We're not getting into the conversation about Donald Trump and vaccines. We're not, okay? Because that is a clear political plan and uh, game plan. And I don't care to waste any more of my pearls on uh, patriots who cannot see that. It's not worth my energy or my time anymore, clearly. Until he's in office again, if President Trump gets into office again... And COVID-19 is still happening and he's still pushing vaccines. Then we'll have another story. But until that time, I don't care to waste my energy, my pearls or my my energy on patriots who can't get that wrapped around their head. It's not personal, even though it's personal for the patriots who cannot get that wrapped around their head. And I love you all from from my heart to yours, guys. My my heart energy goes to your heart as much as I can. But I cannot waste my time or energy on patriots who cannot see that strategy. And I know it's personal for those patriots. And I do not, I do not hold it against them. But there's a bigger thing going on there. There's a bigger picture. And, and that's when, I, you know, my mom took the vaccines, both of them. And my mom just said she's going to proudly take the booster shot. Now, how do you think that makes me feel? When I got my POTUS going up there, not saying what the inoculations really are. Okay, I could take it personal. It's my mother. I love her beyond anything else in this world. Okay, I could take it personal. But I know that we have this nation to consider. We have the state of Texas to consider. And we have the world to consider. Okay, and if President Trump had not done what he did and does what he does now, we would not have the great awakening that we have now. Okay, if I put my mom before the world and you know what? Damn me if you think that it's wrong that I say this. But if I put my mom before humanity. Then I would not be helping the cause, Okay, Because my mom's ready to go take her booster shot, all right? And I could say, damn you, President Trump, for not telling the truth about the inoculations. Damn you to hell. Why did I vote for you two times? But I'm not. Because I have the entire damn freedom of this world to consider, okay? Not just my personal feelings and and my personal family, but this whole world to consider when I think about this vaccine, the inoculations, President Trump's political and PR standpoint on it. And so I will cross that bridge when President Trump is in office again, and he's still pushing the vaccines, then we got another story to talk about here, guys. But until then, this man will not get back into office unless, if if he reneges on his stance on vaccines right now, there's no way he's getting back into office. Even though the COVID-19 story is dead as dead as dead, okay? I'm not gonna hold it against him. This man spent four years doing more for me and this country and this world than any president has done in my lifetime or yours, okay? I'm not going to hold him to the fire over this one point just because my family still wants to take this inoculation. Just because my mom and my sister and my brother-in-law and other people in my family have decided to take the vaccine of their own free will. I'm not going to hold it against him, okay? So I'm done with that conversation, guys. I am done with it, all right? I'm sorry. But like I said, my mom is proudly going to go take this booster. I could be like, okay, Trump, you killed my mom. But guess what? My mom doesn't vote anyway, so it's not on him. All right? Let's just leave it there. Let's just continue with the night's show, okay? Because I'm done with... I'm sorry, patriots, if you feel a certain way about Trump and his inoculation speech. Get over it. And I don't mean that with heartlessness. I just mean I'm in the same boat you're in, okay? Okay? I'm in the same boat. And if president Trump is not doing what he's did, if he did not have his operation warp speed, if he did not still talk the way he does about vaccines, he would not get into office again. And we would not have another four years of grace. Okay. They would have killed his presidency. The minute he spoke out against those vaccines, they would have killed it. We wouldn't have had four years of Trump. We would have had two and a half or three years of Trump. Okay. And it's by the grace of God that this man was put into office and he did what he did and he made the decisions that he did. And after he's back in office, if he's still singing the same song, then we'll have another story. Then we'll see do President Trump. But until that time, I am done with that conversation from Patriots. You guys sound like SJW libtards. I say it with love. Okay? I say it with love. Everyone has to hate on someone about something. Everyone has to have something that they don't like about someone. I get it. But I'm not that kind of person, okay? I I, I kind of look at the bigger picture, okay? And the bigger picture is, even though I love my family, we still have the whole damn nation and the whole damn world to consider, okay? I'm off it. All right, let's go. All right, okay. Back to the chats. <laughs> Back to the chats, ladies and gentlemen. Back to the chats, Okay. <laughs> Uh, Texas gal says y'all carpool and we'll meet in New Braunfels. Texas gal, if we meet in New Braunfels, we can also pick up Skeeter Burke. <laughs> I so want to meet with you guys. Like you guys don't even believe it. <laughs> Skeeter Burke's up your way to Texas gal and we can all meet up and we can have some barbecue. How about that? <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, okay, we're getting kind of long here on the opening. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to cut our beautiful, our beautiful uh, conversation short in just a minute, guy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut it short in just a minute, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys tickle me so much. Sea Dragon says, I had hoped the West would have won. I see the police wanted no time to go after his wife. You know, that's another question I was going to ask Alan West about. I was going to ask him about his wife. I was going to ask him how Angela is doing. Her name is Angela. I would have said Mrs. West to be respectful. But so many of you guys out there in my audience were concerned about his wife. Rightfully so. They they wrongfully arrested her. Okay. They injected some kind of ugly memory into the mind of her grandchild, of his grandmother getting arrested. It was ugly. It was needless. It was, it was, it was terrible. I would have asked Alan West about that because like, I am concerned about him and his family as people, but apparently his campaign manager and his uh, PR manager, scheduling manager, didn't see it that way. Okay. I'm not sour. I'm just saying, uh, let's see here. Where else are we going? I think, hey, Sazzy Q, what's up? It's all good, Sazzy Q. I pre, uh, Sazzy Q says, I'm so sorry about your mom. We'll keep her in your pre-. You know what, Sazzy Q? I, I, I feel very lucky that none, no one in my family who has taken the vaccine has had an adverse reaction that we're aware of, you know? For all I know, they got the placebos and I, I feel blessed, but it is what it is. And you know what, I I don't like to sound like this, guys, but sacrifices, it comes with the territory, you know, it comes with the territory and we have this nation to consider. We have this nation to consider. We have the future of our nation to consider and the children who are still growing, all the children who got messed up by this whole COVID-19 crap. Because without them, we're done, okay? And, and I love my mother more than anything in this world. But we have this nation to consider. We have the freedom of this, this world to consider. America is literally the last bastion of true freedom, at least on paper. And it sounds hokey. And it sounds, it sounds clownish to some people. It sounds, it sounds fake. To some people, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you guys the truth and you guys know it in your hearts. That when it comes to representing what a free humanity is supposed to be, America is the last example of that. We can't lose that. Even if it means losing our family, losing our loved ones. And like so many of you guys know right now, losing our jobs. Losing our livelihoods to stand on principle, to stand our ground, to stand for what we know is right in this heart, even though we're going to lose people that we love, even though we're going to lose people because they, you know, what difference does it make? My mom doesn't believe in politics anyways. So why am I going to hold it against Trump if she takes a vaccine? Would it make a difference? No. How about all of you guys out there whose family have taken the vaccines? Are they Trump supporters? Would they have listened to Trump if he said a different story on the vaccines or not? No. He would they wouldn't have. If they're not awake and if they're not Trump supporters, and if they're not aware of what's going on, if they're liberals, if they don't pay attention to politics, what difference does it make if Trump says vaccines are fake or not? If not Enochia, GM, R M A or whatever. It makes no difference. So buckle up, guys, because this is what we signed up for. This is why we're here. We signed up for this by being awake, by being aware, by being conscience, by being patriots. We signed up for this. So we have to take responsibility. We have to. Because that's why we're here. And guess what? This country would not be here if we were not here, guys. So God bless you all. All right, guys. We got to get into tonight's show. I've already I've already lounged around for an hour with you guys, <laughs> so we got, this is, this is some good stuff right here, guys, you guys, you guys are making me feel it tonight, guys, you guys are making me feel it tonight, but let's get on with the show, guys, because we got a full show, we got a full show, I'm sorry, it's just, that's the night, guys, that is the night, okay, okay. Please remember, guys, the C-Report is available on podcast form. Uh, We are totally caught up with the exception of today's hearing, guys. And, uh, well, you know, you can go check it out for yourselves over at anchor.fm slash the C-Report. Anchor.fm slash the C-Report. We used to be monetized, but now my audience is not big enough to get monetized. So if everyone in the audience tonight... Right now, went over to Anchor.fm slash the C Report, and if they subscribed and maybe listened to you do, you guys don't even have to listen to an episode. Just push play. You can find me on most, if not all, major podcast platforms. My audience would be where it needs to be in order to get some kind of compensation for this, and uh, it would be great because. It used to be, if you listened to an episode, I'd get a penny or two. I don't get anything now. And, you know, I'm pulling in a lot of, you know, views or listens or whatever. But I'm not making, I, my audience is not consistent enough to actually be monetized. Because they change the way that they monetize over at my anchor host. So that kind of puts me in a pickle. Um, let me go ahead and do this for you guys real quick before we move on. I will, uh... oh, apparently I don't have the link here on my show. Let me take care of that real quick. All right, I think we're ready to roll. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. We got a lot of um, statements from President Trump to catch up on tonight, guys. We've got a lot of statements to uh, catch up on tonight because we've been so focused on Ukraine the last few weeks uh, and Texas because he released like... A dozen or more statements of endorsement for candidates in Texas, as Don Buckingham might note. (laughs) So let's go ahead and get into it, guys. We're about to jump right in. We got a full show ahead of you guys. So let's uh, see what the president has to say. Uh, This comes from February 26. That's That's how far behind we are. It says what is happening in the city of Atlanta is nothing short of disgraceful. It's national news and a regional embarrassment. The good people of Buckhead don't want to be a part of defunding the police and the high crime that's plaguing their communities. However, rhinos like Governor Brian Kemp, the man responsible, along with his puppet master Mitch McConnell, for the loss of two Senate seats and the twenty twenty presidential vote. Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, Speaker David and state Senators Butch Miller, Jeff Mullis, and John Albers always talk a big game, but they don't deliver. What good is having Republican leadership if they are unwilling to fight for what they campaigned on? Every rhino must go. Let the voters decide on the very popular city of Buckhead proposal. President Trump is reading my mind tonight, guys. On the back of a Texas primary, President Trump is reading my mind. And in regards to the entire GOP arrangement in D.C. and in my Texas state house, the rhinos need to go. The rhinos need to go, ladies and gentlemen. And it's up to us to do it. Next statement from President Trump says this. The rhinos, warmongers, and fake news continue to blatantly lie and misrepresent my remarks on Putin because they know this terrible war being waged against Ukraine would have never happened under my watch. They did absolutely nothing as Putin declared much of Ukraine an independent territory. There should be no war waging now in Ukraine, and it is terrible for humanity that Biden, NATO, and the West have failed so terribly in allowing it to start. Instead of showing strength and toughness, they declared the global warming hoax as the number one threat to global security, killed American energy independence, and then made Europe, the US, and the rest of the world dependent on Russian oil. They laid down the welcome mat and gave Russia the opening. Now Putin may be getting everything he wanted. With Ukraine and the rest of the world suffering the consequences. It's terrible. But this is what you get with Biden, the Democrats, and rhino warmongers. Indeed, guys. And uh, we're not jumping into Ukraine tonight, y'all. We've, we've spent enough time in Ukraine, guys. We've spent enough time in Ukraine... Uh, so we're not going to get into that, but it's true, though. Now, some people who've been following the Ukraine narrative might be like, well, why isn't President Trump talking about the biolabs? Why isn't President Trump talking about the deep state? Why isn't pre- blah, 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 blah. because he's got a presidency to consider, guys, and he's got more than just awake patriots who are paying attention to consider. OK, so we got to get over that we got to get over that. But now, here's some interesting news, though, out of Ukraine. And I told you, we're not going to spend too much time here. President Trump is going to kind of guide the beginning of this episode tonight. But uh, some of you guys might remember this outfit called Anonymous, okay? Now, I know that everyone in my audience is very well aware that the Anonymous movement was hijacked, like, in 2008, Right? or 2010. Uh, you guys I know my audience knows that. I know my audience is aware Anonymous was hijacked a long time ago, right? Right your uh your uh, all of these anonymous people totally totally hijacked, right? Okay. Okay. We're aware of that, okay? I know my audience is savvy. I know if you say anonymous you're pretty much synonymous with SJWs and globalist people. If you go around saying I'm an anonymous patriot, and you wear that uh, you wear that mask, right? What, what what is that that guy guy whatever mask? You 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 guys understand Anonymous was hijacked ages ago, right? Anonymous was hijacked like way before Antifa, okay, was born, okay. Anonymous was hijacked pretty much right after it came out. Okay, as long as we're on the same ground here, guys, Anonymous was hijacked. They're controlled opposition now. Anonymous is, con- they've been controlled opposition forever, since 2008, basically. Okay, the, the, the guy, guy Fox mask, right? If you go around wearing a guy Fox mask, you might as well be wearing a pink hat, okay? Because Anonymous was hijacked. If you're not aware of that, well, you are now. They were hijacked like in 2008 with Obama. Like a long time ago, okay? Maybe 2010, latest 2012. But it's been 10 years that Anonymous has been hijacked and been controlled opposition. And then Anonymous vanishes, right? Do you think Anonymous vanished because we had President Trump in office? No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because we had the Q movement come after that. So we didn't need Anonymous anymore, right? We could be Anonymous Q patriots now, right? And I'm like, you know what? Why are you hiding yourself? Okay, that's a story for another time. We're not going to get in there. Okay, we're not going to get in there. You know, it's it's only it's only fun to be uh self self uh, evident whenever things aren't going so bad, right? Anyways, okay, so Anonymous has suddenly reappeared. Ooh, Anonymous is back on the scene. Ooh, so does this mean that the Patriots should follow with Anonymous because now Anonymous is attacking Russia? <laughs> okay. Guys okay anyways uh, let 's take a look at this article. This is actually from uh c uh, who 's this from I think it 's from c cbs okay it's, it's It is a dishonorable mention from cBS because now the lamestream shame stream fake news legacy Mockingbird propaganda, pedophile media they 're all on anonymous side, which should tell you something guys about where this uh, outfit stands. But now Anonymous has come out in support of Ukraine, which should also tell you something, okay? Because who else supports Ukraine? George Soros supports Ukraine, okay? So Anonymous has this going on. Anonymous is attacking Russia, all right? And, and this is supposed to make patriots feel good, I guess. The hacktivist collective... Anonymous has thrown its hat in the ring and declared that the group is now at cyber war with both the Russian government and President Vladimir Putin. Uh, Ultimately, what this means is that uh, they're going to use Anonymous as a scapegoat for any type of cyber warfare that happens. So this way, I guess they have another degree of separation because they don't have control of Anonymous. It's not the CIA. It's not the FBI. It's not like, uh, you know, the 10th Mountain Division uh, cyber uh, infrastructure uh, platoon. It's some Anonymous hackers, right? Pay attention, patriots. You should be on our side because Anonymous is on our side. After Russia began its invasion of Ukraine, a Twitter user with the handle Anonymous reached out to their 7.4 million followers to encourage hackers from around the world to begin targeting Russia. They also revealed that members of the infamous hacking group would be joining forces to take collective action against the country and its businesses. In the days that followed, the account published a series of posts which it claimed responsibility for disabling various Russian websites, including those belonging to the Russian oil giant Gazprom, the state-controlled Russian news agency RT, and various government agencies including the Kremlin's official site, according to a report from CNBC. Other posts followed, which took credit for disrupting Russian ISPs, leaking data and emails from the Belarusian weapons manufacturer uh, Tretradar, and shutting down a gas supply provided by the Russian mobile carrier Vingo Telecom. Anonymous goes to war! Although the popular anonymous Twitter account is by no means the official mouthpiece of the hacktivist collective, it did lay out the group's plans regarding Russia in a recent tweet, which read... Anonymous has ongoing operations to keep RU the Russian government website offline and to publish information to the Russian people so they can be free of Putin's state censorship machine. We also have ongoing operations to keep the Ukrainian people online as best we can. While backing up the, so so now Anonymous is like going in to save the day for Ukraine, okay? how much more of a hack can can they be right Uh, no pun intended while backing up the group's claims is difficult due to its decentralized nature down detector did show that many of the websites anonymous claimed to have disrupted were knocked offline and that's so that russia can't be like oh the united states by way of the cia are attacking us that's what this is about Russian news outlet RT did confirm in an article that its website, as well as the Kremlin's, were taken offline in a recent article. Anonymous may have the Russian government and President Vladimir Putin in its sites, but the unofficial Twitter account clarified last week that the group itself is not at war with Russia as a whole or the country's citizens. The group will likely continue to disrupt the online infrastructure of the Russian government and the country's business until a ceasefire is declared. And why does Anonymous care? Okay? Why would not Anonymous be asking for ransom money against the Russian government not to do this? Why do they care? Okay? and. Yeah, Anonymous has always been about taking out. At least back in like two thousand seven, six, and five, or you know, they've always were taking about the establishment. Okay, not about helping uh, helping democracy, right, and assisting George Soros in his money laundering countries. It concludes, expect to see Anonymous claiming responsibility for even more cyber attacks as the conflict continues, because we don't want the Kremlin to know that it's actually the United States government using Anonymous as a scapegoat in order to fulfill their attacks against Putin. And that's pretty much all I got to say about that, ladies and gentlemen. Does that resonate with you? Does it shine? I don't know, but it sure shines with me. All right, here's another statement from President Trump. This is our last uh, Russia statement. It goes on to say this. If my energy policy had remained in place, where we were energy independent and would have soon been bigger in production than Saudi Arabia and Russia combined, the world would have no problems whatsoever. This war should never have started in the first place. If the election was not rigged, America would right now continue to have record low gas prices, as it was under my administration, and we would be supplying the world with oil and gas. Also, Russia would not have attacked Ukraine. Instead, we have a horribly tragic and unnecessary war, record high energy prices, inflation, no border, crime, and chaos. Make America strong again, so saith the president and I would have to agree it is absolutely no uh it's absolutely no uh surprise here guys it's absolutely no wonder of nature that in fact well it's true it is quite true that uh Joe Biden and his illegitimate regime that America itself is still purchasing oil from Russia. Now, if we are at war with any country and we are claiming that they're aggressive and that they're uh, destroying democracies and that they're attacking and invading a people, why would we still continue to buy oil from them? It makes no sense, ladies and gentlemen. It makes absolutely no sense at all. And well, ladies and gentlemen far as I can tell, well, we already know what the deal is here, guys. We know what the score is. We know that uh, this is all a, uh, what what do we call it, a dog and pony show? Yeah. Take a look at this article from the Washington Examiner. Mansion fumes as United States buys 500,000 barrels of Russian oil one day. Oh, wait, wait, I take it back. We are buying 500,000 barrels of Russian oil per day amid this Ukraine military operation. This article is published today, guys. This article is published today. So if you're brand new to this show, if you just so happen to stumble across this broadcast or podcast and you think I'm crazy, no, ladies and gentlemen, even though Putin is aggressive and destroying democracy in Ukraine and invading them, a sovereign nation, we are still actively buying oil from Russia. <laughs> Let's see what this article says. Senator Joe Manchin called on President Illegitimate Joe Biden to ramp up domestic energy production to curtail the United States' reliance on Russian oil and gas imports, accusing the White House of pushing hypocritical policies. The West Virginia Democrat said in a statement late Monday that the U.S. importing about a half million barrels of oil products from Russia a month poses a clear and present danger to United States national security. The entire world is watching as Vladimir Putin uses energy as a weapon in an attempt to extort and coerce our European allies, said Manchin, who leads the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee. Many Republicans have said in recent days that Russia's aggression vindicates the case for added United States production of fossil fuels, but it's unusual for a member of illegitimate Joe's own party to make the same argument. Manchin, though, has long favored fossil fuel production and has been skeptical of his party's regulatory agenda. While Americans decry what is happening in Ukraine, the United States continues to allow the import of more than half a million barrels per day of crude oil and other petroleum products from Russia during this time of conflict, Manchin said. This makes no sense at all and represents a clear and present danger to our nation's energy security. The United States can and must ramp up domestic energy production and increase access to our abundant resources and technologies to both protect our energy independence and support our allies around the globe, Manchin said. His statement came as oil prices ticked upward with West Texas Intermediate crude futures closing near $96 a barrel, up roughly $20 a barrel from two months ago. The statement also came before Biden is slated to deliver his first State of the Union address at the Capitol. Manchin's Republican counterpart on the committee, Senator Lisa Murkowski, also said Monday that she has asked the Biden administration to consider further utilization of domestic oil resources in her home state of Alaska, according to Politico. Failing to utilize the state's natural resources, she said, would be a missed opportunity. Now, she sounds like a hypocrite as the United States seeks to move away from Russian imports. Isn't that something, ladies and gentlemen? Now, I know my audience is savvy to this. You guys know all about this, guys. (laughs) You guys know all about uh, Putin and his oil uh, purchasing habits. And uh, how that makes America look like the biggest hypocrite in the world. But I guess no one on the left would care to acknowledge that. In fact, you know, I think it's safe to say that uh, the people on the left would look at a broadcast like this and they would think that we are a Russian bot or that we are on the side of Russia. And you know what? For all intents and purposes... The way I understand the way things are going down, I am kind of on Putin's side right now. You know, I think he's doing a certain job, but uh, let it be known and let it be clear, ladies and gentlemen, there is a certain and specific and particular perspective that people on the left, progressive Democrats take about broadcasts like this. In fact, swamp creature alert, Hillary Clinton just had something to say about broadcasts like this. Hillary Clinton just had something to say about those who talk about Putin like he's doing the Lord's work in Ukraine by taking out the globalists in their position in Ukraine. Do you guys want to hear what Clinton had to say? Swamp creature alert. Here it comes. Uh, uh, we have to also, we have to also make sure that sure within our own within our country, country uh, uh, we, are we are calling out those people, those people uh, who, uh, who are giving, are aid, giving aid and comfort to Vladimir Putin, Putin, Putin who, are who are talking about talking what a genius, he is, he is, is, what a smart move, move is. it is. <laughs> I told you guys, Hillary is looking more and more like George Soros with them bags under their eyes. They could basically be uh, womb womb buddies, right? was it called? Sack buddy? I don't know what they're called. Anyways, not twins. <clears throat> but they're getting pretty close, if you ask me. <laughs> Anyways, guys, let's move on to the next statement from President. For those of you on the podcast you really need to see the live stream to see what just happened, <laughs> okay? Now, uh, here is the next statement from President Trump. Now we're shifting gears out of Ukraine and we're moving back into President Trump's backyard. That would be the uh, state of New York. And this debacle that he's been going uh, going through, this, this witch hunt that the uh, district attorneys and the attorney general of New York are still pursuing against President Trump. Here's a late statement from President Trump, long about February 20th. It goes this way My long term accounting firm did not leave me for any other reason than they were harassed, abused, and frightened by district attorneys and attorney generals that for years have been threatening them with indictment and ruination. They were broken by these radical left racist prosecutors and could not, and could not take it anymore. Even though the litter they sent stated Mazars performed its work in accordance with professional standards, a subsequent review of those work papers confirms this. First, their disclaimer clause in the financial statements has for years stated much the same. My company is incredible with some of the greatest assets in the world and very low debt. Also, we're loaded with cash. The fake news media hates talking about this. Well, there you go. Now, as we covered here on the C-Report, and as you guys probably know, uh, President Trump's uh um I think it was his 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 tax firm Mazars, they who have worked closely with him for decades now, uh, uh relinquished their account with President Trump under pressure from investigation by Attorney General um in uh, New York and also the District Attorneys. They released statements that we went over here and, you know, the main, the mainstream, shame stream news, the fake news, the legacy media have gone on and on about, about how they left President Trump because his accounting was questionable. His business practices were questionable, which, in my opinion, was just a setup in case they tried to, I don't know rap smear campaign him on his finances like say they pulled the trigger they could say well mazar said this and cnn reported that and the new york times said this so it must be true but inevitably as it usually goes with president trump president trump who's a uh, teflon don over there nothing seems to stick to the man it didn't work out that way and as it turns out The New York prosecutors who were leading the inquiry against Trump resigned. Let's see what this article from USA Today, another dishonorable mention, has to say about this situation. Two New York prosecutors leading Trump inquiry resigned from Manhattan District Attorney's office. Two New York prosecutors who had been leading a criminal investigation into former president, their words not mine, President Donald Trump's business operations, have departed the Manhattan District Attorney's office, suddenly casting doubt on the future of the inquiry. The resignations of Carrie Dunn and Mark Pomerantz. Come just over a month into the tenure of District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who succeeded longtime prosecutor Cyrus Vance Jr., Vance did not seek re-election, nor did he get a prosecution just like he wanted. A Bragg spokesperson, Danielle Filson, confirmed the resignations but indicated that the investigation is ongoing. We are grateful for their service, Filson said. We can't comment further. The resignations were first reported earlier Wednesday by the New York Times. Dunn and Pomerantz did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Dunn, who served as general counsel, first joined the office in 1984. According to the office website, he had been advising the district attorney on legal, policy, and strategic issues while overseeing significant investigations, including the Trump inquiry and the reinvestigation of the assassination of Malcolm X. I guess that has something to do with President Trump? I don't know. Anyways, Pomerantz, a former federal prosecutor known for his expertise in complex white-collar investigations, was hired by Vance last year to assist with the Trump inquiry. They all should resign for targeting political opponents while crime skyrockets, Trump spokeswoman Liz Harrington said. The former president has repeatedly derided the criminal investigation and a parallel civil investigation led by New York Attorney General Letitia James as politically motivated. During a rally last month in Texas, Trump told supporters, For years they've been going after my company. Many years. They've been using every trick in the book to literally, if they can, put me in jail. They want to put me in jail! Last summer, the investigation produced criminal charges against the Trump Organization and its chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, in which prosecutors detailed an alleged tax evasion conspiracy spanning more than a decade. The 15-count indictment alleged criminal tax fraud, conspiracy, and falsifying business records. Weiselberg was also charged with grand larceny in connection with failing to pay taxes on $1.7 million in benefits from the company. The Manhattan criminal investigation has loomed large for the former, their words not mine, the president and his family. Last week, attorneys for Trump, his son Don Jr. and daughter Ivanka Trump, expressed their concerns for the ongoing criminal inquiry as they sought to quash subpoenas for their depositions in the related civil inquiry headed by the state attorney general. A New York judge decided against the Trumps, ruling that the attorney general was entitled to their testimony. In its account, the New York Times reported that the prosecutors submitted their resignations after the district attorney expressed doubts about have, uh, moving forward with the Trump case. The district attorney's office has declined to elaborate on the departures. In addition, the investigations in New York, Trump also is the subject of separate criminal investigations in georgia where atlanta area district attorney fanny what you talking about willis has been conducting a year-long inquiry into the former president's effort to overturn the 2020 state election won by president joe biden willis is expected to begin calling witnesses before a special state grand jury in may In an interview with USA Today earlier this month, What You Talking About Willis said prosecutors have identified more than 100 potential witnesses into that inquiry. So we'll leave it at this. Trump has defeated the district attorneys. Oh, yes, Trump has. But nevertheless, the state of New York in all of their ghoulish, treasonous manners, in all of their witch-huntery, have elected new prosecutors to go against Trump. So, let's talk about that. This article comes from, is it a dishonorable mention or an honorable mention? The Gateway Pundit. Ah, it's an honorable mention. I'll take it. The new, pros- new prosecutors will lead Trump pr- probe after lawyers resign, Manhattan District Attorneys. A new prosecutor has been chosen to spearhead the criminal probe into Trump's businesses after two lawyers quit earlier this week, the Manhattan DA's office announced on Friday. Susan Hoffinger will now lead the probe into Trump and the practices of his family business, the Trump organization, according to Danielle Filson, a spokeswoman for Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan district attorney. Hoffinger worked at a private law firm focusing on criminal defense before joining Bragg's office as executive assistant district attorney and chief of investigations in February. According to her LinkedIn profile, she had previously served in the Manhattan district attorney's office in the 1990s. Two prosecutors leading the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation into President Trump's business practices abruptly resigned on Wednesday. According to the New York Times, a new new Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, has serious doubts about the case against Trump, leading two of his top prosecutors to resign. The New York Times reported the two prosecutors leading the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation into into President Donald Trump and his business practices abruptly resigned on Wednesday amid a month-long pause in their presentation of evidence to a grand jury, throwing the future of the high-stakes inquiry into serious doubt. The prosecutors, Carrie Dunn and Mark Pomerantz, submitted their resignations after the new Manhattan district attorney, Alvin Bragg, indicated to them that he had doubts about moving forward with a case against President Trump. So it's pretty easy to see here, ladies and gentlemen, and we already knew this. They have no case. It's just a witch hunt, just like President Trump has said from the jump. All right, here's another statement from President Trump going back to February 27. He says, "Just heard about an incredible effort underway that will strengthen the Republican Party. The precinct strategy is enlisting America First patriots to their local county Republican Party committees, positions which are too often left vacant. If members of our great movement start getting involved, that means you becoming a precinct committee man for your voting precinct, we can take back our country from the ground up. The precinct strategy as explained by Dan Schultz at www.precinctstrategy.com is a great way to restore our republic by transforming our party from currently at less than half strength at the precinct level into a full-strength, get-out-the-vote powerhouse, as it should be. Make America great again! Need I say that's why I was at the precinct convention this evening, guys? Well, that's not the only reason why. But, uh, precinct strategy, guys. We need to show up if we're going to follow up and get up and get out, basically. All right, Moving on to the next statement from President Trump. March 1. All right, we're up to date. The Wisconsin state, the state of Wisconsin just announced massive election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. See the findings from the Office of the Special Counsel's Second Interim Investigative Report on the Apparatus and Procedures of the Wisconsin Election System. Read carefully. Because despite the findings, the fake news will never allow you to see what's happening. The media is corrupt. And so was our presidential election. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen. And we sure did tune in this morning to the hearing, the Gableman Report. The Wisconsin Committee on Elections holding their 2020 election investigation hearing, the Gableman Report. What we've been waiting for, guys, Gableman has been a bulldog. He's been, he's been on the case, guys, over there. And it was a really good hearing. A lot of really good points were brought out. Gableman said a lot of things that I was glad to hear him say, that I was surprised to hear him say. And he also gave his recommendations. And among those recommendations was the certification of... The 2020 election in Wisconsin. So that's second time we hear for a calling for decertification. One by way of a uh, of um, one by way of legislature. Uh, by what was it? By way of what? Uh, Representative Rantham passed a uh, a privileged. Uh, well, I mean, I don't say privileged like it wasn't privileged. But I mean privileged because that's what it's called, like a privileged amendment. And then we also had now this investigation where Supreme Court Justice Gableman is recommending that recommendation. He went through a lot of things, guys. Now, one thing that we need to keep in mind is that with um, uh, Supreme Court Justice Gableman, it was all about attacking how the law was broken in the state of Wisconsin. Because even great America first patriots like Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin have said on video, "There there was no fraud in Wisconsin and there's no way to prove it. I might add that that was undercover video. We showed it here at the C report. So they went in at it by attacking the laws that were broken, which was the best way to go. But now the state of Wisconsin is still doing everything they can to undermine election integrity and doing everything that they can to undermine the will of their constituents, the will of their voters, the will of the people of Wisconsin. Uh, Representative Janelle Branchin, who is the chair of the Wisconsin's uh, committees uh, Wisconsin Elections Committee, who is also the chair present today at the Gableman report hearing, uh, has released a new statement regarding a new bill That the Wisconsin House of Rhinos is trying to pass to, again, subvert the will of the people, to subvert the Constitution, to subvert the law of the land, and to legislate their way into election fraud and election lack of integrity by way of passing bills. Let's take a look at what this one has to say. This is from Representative Branchin, big old, good old mama bear up there in the state of Wisconsin who's been protecting elections all by her lonesome until recently. God bless this woman. February 28th, it says, uh, State Representative Janelle Branchin issued the following statement regarding the Assembly effort to allow Monday vote processing. After spending a full year not getting access to original ballots, ballot envelopes, tabulators, or tabulator modems from the very cities that Assembly Bill 946 would affect, including Milwaukee and Green Bay, why would Republicans wish to pass this ill-advised amendment on Senate Bill 946? Or, so, yeah, SB 946. Yeah, Senate Bill. The last-minute amendment written in large by Senator Bernier grants early access to absent ballots by entering ballots in the tabulators the Monday before elections. Counting the ballots should be driven by security, not speed. Why would we want to give bad actors the chance to see ballots prior to election day? Milwaukee and other central count locations have not given Republican poll workers equal access to wards or central count. The biggest challenge for transparency is who is in the counting room, not when the ballots are counted. In addition, these cities impose restrictive vaccine mandates and various other tricks to limit republican participation the public trust in our election process is already unacceptably low again why would we give bad actors an extra day to cheat can you believe that they're doing this in wisconsin like the things that were illustrated in uh supreme court justice gableman's presentation today were heartbreaking enough like we're not talking about the actual fraud we're not talking about how uh uh uh, Zuckerberg pumped in millions of dollars into uh, the Center for Tech and Civic Life and then they biasly distributed that money throughout the Wisconsin Five and other precincts that they needed to get the vote out to get Democrats and progressives to vote. We're not talking about the money that they spent in order to uh, hire people that would do their dirty work for them. We're not talking about the uh, the, the uh, um, National Vote from Home Institute who sent their head, Michael Spitzer Rubenstein, into uh, Green Bay to take over the elections and take them away from the city clerk, which, by the way, is where they broke the law because uh, according to Wisconsin state law, according to Wisconsin city law, municipality um, rule, uh, it is the city clerk who is to run elections, not some representative from the National Vote from Home Institute who is under the umbrella of the Center for Tech and Civic Life, okay? That's where they broke the law. And we're not saying that that's sad. Even though that was illustrated in Michael Gableman's report and at the hearing today, that's not what's sad. What's sad is how they illustrated the way that they have stolen, exploited, taken advantage of, and have humiliated the elders of the state of Wisconsin. When we have over 90,000 Citizens of nursing homes who are taken advantage of, okay, who are exploited, who are used as nothing in order to to pass these these uh, Democrat Joe Biden votes illegally and by fraud. To be held accountable by law. That was so hard to watch, guys. It just it ripped me apart watching those citizens of Wisconsin In in their elderly care homes, lacking the mental capacity to even understand in some cases the questions that they were being asked. And these heartless vipers, these heartless demons, working for this illegitimate administration as funded by Mark Zuckerberg and his Center for Tech and Civic Life, going in at the behest of the Wisconsin Election Commission. And totally denigrating these citizens in their golden years, whom should be respected above all else, It was disgusting, OK? So, yeah, this guy's... oh, It's ugly. It's ugly what they did to the people of Wisconsin. And I'm happy, and we're blessed that even though the rhino speaker of the Wisconsin state legislature Robin Voss the Rhine's previous Ryan Paul Ryan Rhino himself hired this man by God's grace this man did not sell out ladies and gentlemen because i had my doubts about him when he first got on the case but i would say he delivered today in flying Colors and you see this look of disgust on this man's face? Michael Gableman, honorable Supreme Court retired justice Michael Gableman. He delivered the smackdown today at his hearing. We got a lot to be thankful for what's going on in Wisconsin. We have to be thankful for people like Representative Rantham, Representative Branchin. Honorable Supreme Court Justice retired Michael Gableman and the people of Wisconsin that keep that flame going, that don't relent, that are vocally active, that let them know we need change. And to the GOP uh, uh, counties who are calling for Robin Voss to be removed as the chairman of the GOP in Wisconsin. It needs to be done. Because after all, Robin Voss is an unrelenting and an unapologetic rhino and he needs to go. Next statement from President Trump, ladies and gentlemen. This is from March 1st as well. He says here, everyone who loves America should be closely following today's vital hearing in the Wisconsin Assembly Committee on Campaigns and Election with highly respected former Wisconsin State Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman. Oh, we watched it, ladies and gentlemen. It was fireworks, guys. It was fireworks. And for those of you who are listening to us on our podcast, we will have that uploaded by the end of night tonight. And you can catch the replay over at Mr. CTV and the Mr. T channel, whether that is on the foxhole.app or pill.net or our Rumble channel or our Twitch channel or our Clout Hub channel. It's there for you guys to check it out. It was fireworks. Next statement from President Trump. Now, we have another statement by way of election integrity. Uh, this one is from February 21st. Now, this one goes along with the state of Michigan. State of Michigan's coming up to play pretty quickly. Uh, but uh, President Trump here makes another recommendation for such patriots as... Matthew DePerno. he is the constitutional lawyer that is running for the attorney general position in the state of Michigan against wretched Dana Nassel, who is the current attorney general. She's a mess. She's a wreck. She's a treasonous hack. She needs to go. And Matthew DePerno is the one to do it. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Matthew DePerno, he is a constitutional lawyer. That was representing in Antrim County against the fraud in 2020. Now, under the watch of Matthew DiPerno, a lot of fraud was proven. A lot of methods of fraud were proven. But the judge did not look at any of the evidence. And he dismissed the case on the grounds that he could not relieve the plaintiff. Which makes no sense. Okay? Okay. He could not relieve the plaintiff. He could, he could offer him no relief. And because of that technicality, the judge did not even look at the evidence. But it was all there. From vote switching to access to the modem to internet access for the machines uh, to, to, to the number of people voting being higher than the number of registered voters. Everything was there. But in the long game, in jurisprudence... It's not considered if it's not put into uh, the judge's uh, final rule. He dismissed the case. So he didn't, no one has to consider. It's just like what they did with President Trump in the six hearings on election fraud in November and December of 2020. It's just like that. The judges throw out the case so they don't have to look at the evidence. The evidence is never submitted to the court. It's never submitted to official record so that the mainstream, lamestream, stream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda, pedophile media can say there was never any evidence. No evidence was ever seen. There was no evidence. Well, there was evidence. It's just the judges did not look at it on, on a technicality since it was not submitted to the record. They can say there was never any evidence. This is what happened in Antrim County. This is what happened with Matthew DiPerno. He had a stellar case. He had a stellar case with all the evidence, with experts, with, with, with hard uh, um, um, empirical evidence. And the judge dismissed it on a technicality and never looked at the evidence. And this is the man that President Trump has endorsed several times over for attorney general in the state of Michigan. And here's another statement from President Trump. Dear Michigan delegate, many of you already know that I am a big fan of the true, genuine patriot Matthew DiPerno. He is the fighter we all need to take Michigan back from the Democrats, having led the charge in calling out the obvious voter fraud in the 2020 election when nobody else would. Even before the election, Matt has fought for you and the Constitution. We need to get people like Matt elected who represent the America First agenda in order to prevent the radical left from further destroying our nation. Precinct Delegates of Michigan, we are living in troubling times. Your great state and our nation is under siege by the radical left Democrats and right now more than ever, we need America First candidates leading the charge for the Republican Party. The only way to end the left's destruction is to ensure Matthew DiPerno is on the ballot in November so he can defeat Dana Nassel and turn this state around and restore it to the America First values our founding fathers intended. Rhinos like Tom Leonard are not viable candidates to win against Dana Nacell, as Leonard proved in 2018. Republicans will not turn out in big numbers like they did for me in 2016 or 2020 for establishment rhinos. So you must endorse Matt at the state convention on April 23rd, as he is the only candidate who can win in November. Matt will continue the work of my administration when it comes to draining the swamp. For far too long, we have allowed rhinos like Mitch McConnell and Liz Cheney to misrepresent the Republican Party. In order to get rid of wretched Gretchen Whitmer, wretched Dana Nessel, and Secretary of Snakes Jocelyn Benson, we need to put real American first, America First Republicans in office, who provide real solutions to the problems the Democrats continuously create. My Michigan friend Matt is the only candidate in this race to offer a platform of effective solutions. Republicans like you, who worked so hard to deliver me a victory in 2016 and in 2020, deserve better. Tom Leonard is an absolute embarrassment to the GOP as demonstrated during last Friday night's debate in Alpena, Michigan, which Matt won with ease. Tom Leonard represents the loser mentality of all the rhinos who did nothing about the massive voter fraud and Democrat cheating in 2020. Leonard has been part of the establishment for 20 years he is a lobbyist and a failed, and failed as Michigan Speaker of the House. He lost to Dana Nassel in 2018 because he had a failed record of pushing progressive ideals. He was the Michigan co-chair for John Kasich's presidential campaign in 2016. Even with a Republican majority in the legislature and Republican governor, Leonard failed to cut income taxes, pass auto insurance reform, personally refused to co-sponsor and advance pro-life efforts, and failed to repeal Common Core. Additionally, Leonard has... I'm out of text. (laughs) Hold on here, President Trump, where is the rest of this message, sir? Where did it go? Oh, lordy, how inappropriate okay let me we need to finish this guys we need to finish this statement from president trump so just give me one second i'll pull it up right in a minute okay let me get this president trump how could you do this to me president trump okay i'm just playing i would never ever ever shift responsibility for my own uh transgressions (laughs) man that letter was getting good i must have missed page two Oh, yeah, here it is. Okay. <laughs> here we go, ladies and gentlemen. You know what we say here at the C-Report. Well, the show, the must show go, must go, on, go on. All right, here comes the rest of the letter. <laughs> here we go, guys. All right, it finishes this way. In fact, it was his failure to secure his elections, uh, to secure our elections, that allowed fraud in the 2020 election, all brought to you by Tom Leonard. It's no wonder he was publicly stated that he has seen no evidence of election fraud. He does not want to admit it was his fault. Even today, Tom Leonard is mired in controversy and scandal because of his close association with his friend Lee Chatfield. The Democrats will profit from Leonard's, Tom Leonard's scandals in the general election to secure their win and continue the destruction of this state. We must not allow for that to happen. Tom Leonard is a registered lobbyist who will put who pushes a progressive agenda that will not translate to an effective attorney general. Matthew DePerno is the only constitutional conservative in this race who will strengthen Michigan's principles, once again, based on America first values. We have an opportunity to ride a MAGA wave because of the failing Biden-Whitmer-Nessel-Benson administrations. The first step in this red wave starts with you, the precinct delegates. You need to nominate America First candidates like Matt, who voters can get energized and excited about. I am fully invested in Michigan in 2022, and am eager to see this state flip red once again. We need to get rid of the rhinos and finish what we started in order to get America back on track. Matt is a patriot who will restore election integrity, end the mandates, Stop the teaching of critical race theory, and most of all, he will protect and uphold the Constitution. I know we can win this state again in November. I am asking you all to get behind an incredible attorney, my friend, and your next Attorney General, Matthew DiPerno. Oh, guys, let me tell you what. Matthew DiPerno has been one of my rock stars since I found out about Antrim back about, I don't know, last April, okay? My rock stars are the uh, Patriot America First people, guys. Whoa, where'd this come from? Whoa, where'd that come from? Whoa, where'd that come from? That is who my rock stars are. All right, let's take a look at this article, because guess what? The mainstream, lamestream, stream, fake news, legacy, propaganda, pedophile, mockingbird media are trying to poo-poo... This new endorsement, which this is actually much more than an endorsement, if you consider about it. I mean, that's some heartfelt stuff right there from the boss, ladies and gentlemen. So let's pull this article up on the screen for you. Let's see what this article has to say about Matthew DiPerno. This is actually from the dishonorable Michigan Live website. Michigan Live is one of their news reporting uh, rags over there. Trump tells Republican delegates to back Matt DePerno. For Michigan Attorney General. Let's see what kind of smears they do here, guys. It says, Former President their words, not mine. President Donald Trump urged Republican delegates to nominate Matthew DePerno for Michigan Attorney General, saying his opponent, Tom Leonard, is an embarrassment to the GOP. Trump praised DePerno, a Kalamazoo attorney, for promoting unproven allegations of voter fraud when nobody else would, while saying Leonard represents the loser mentality of all the rhinos who did not go along with efforts to overturn President Trump's supposed loss. The former president endorsed DiPerno last year before Leonard entered the race, but the letter is a more direct effort to influence the nominating process. The former president publicized the February 21 letter, which affirmed Trump is fully invested in Michigan's 2022 elections, in a Sunday email to supporters. Republican Party delegates will meet April 23rd to nominate one candidate who will face Democrat Attorney General Dana Nassel in November. Delegates will choose between DePerno, Leonard, and State Representative Ryan Berman, um, who's of Commerce Township. Leonard was the party's nominee in 2018 and has been a vocal supporter of the former president. Their words, not mine. Trump nominated Leonard for a U.S. attorney but, uh, post in 2019, but his nomination was effectively blocked by Michigan's Democrat United States Senators. Leonard was previously an assistant prosecutor in Genesee County and an assistant in the state attorney general's office before serving three terms in the state house, including as house speaker. Much of Trump's two-page letter focused on false allegations of cheating in 2020. Their words, not ours. Trump lost Michigan by 154,000 votes, according to them, but DePerno is a leading figure among a faction of Republicans who continue to claim the election was stolen. If elected, DePerno said he would compel another investigation into the results and prosecute Democrat Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. Good! DePerno filed a lawsuit in Antrim County alleging Dominion Voting Systems Equipment was intentionally designed to shift voting totals. They had the evidence. The lawsuit was dismissed and the voting equipment claims were thoroughly refuted by expert analysis from what... The certified companies by uh, the, by the uh, EAC, yeah, right, okay, yeah, we all know that that's not their function, but that's somehow given their merit. And state election officials. Republican lawmakers also determined DiPerno's claims are indisputably false and blatherskite. A Senate Oversight Committee report concluded DiPerno's Antrim claims are demonstrably false and based on misleading information and illogical conclusions. Now, if I may take a break from the article here, guys, I was thoroughly disappointed, but I guess I shouldn't have been, when the Senate Oversight Committee, run by rhinos, of course, I didn't know they were rhinos at the time found nothing was wrong in the 2020 election. They were all Republicans, basically. All of them were Republicans, okay? Rhinos. And uh, they said nothing happened. Nothing was wrong. There was no uh, invasive fraud. Uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was the most secure election ever. Senate Republicans, guys, in Michigan did this. Michigan has some issues, okay? Michigan has some big issues, okay? Real big issues, Regardless, DePerno's debunked forensic audit, and we'll, we'll, put the, we'll put the quotations around debunked, right, instead of forensic, report was widely championed by Trump and his allies as a smoking gun proving the election was stolen. Trump said he's a big fan of DePerno in the February letter. My Michigan friend Matt is the only candidate in this race to offer a platform of effective solutions, Trump wrote. Trump laid some blame for his loss on Leonard's shoulders, claiming he failed to secure the elections. Leonard said he also supports another audit of the 2020 results to restore trust in election processes. Whatever. You know what? Robin Voss said the same thing four times and five now. The former president said Leonard, the GOP nominee in 2018, has already proven that he cannot beat Nacelle. Leonard lost in 2018 by three percentage points, but came closest to winning among the top three statewide offices in a down year for Republicans. GOP candidates for governor and secretary of state lost by 10 points and nine points, respectively. Trump painted Leonard as an establishment rhino and said Leonard is mired in controversy and scandal due to his association with former House Speaker Lee Chatfield, who is under investigation for sexual assault. Chatfield donated thousands of dollars to Leonard in the past through his political committees. Leonard was leading the fundraising race at the end of 2021. He reported having $665,968 to spend at the start of the year compared to Berman's $279,018 and DiPerno's $61,178. Though DiPerno is struggling to raise funds for his campaign, he argues the base of the party has his back. DePerno announced endorsements from Republican Party chairs in Macomb, Baraga, Crawford, Mont, Montmorency, and Oceana counties. He also has support from conspiracy theorists like Mike Lindell and appeared in several of the MyPillow CEO's misleading documentaries about the 2020 election. Like I said, M Live is a dishonorable mention. Let's see here. Uh, DiPerno said at a recent candidate forum in Alpina, I stood up for Donald Trump when no one else would. And if anyone in the party does not understand what that means, take a closer look. The president of the United States, the leader of this party has endorsed me because he knows the type of fighter that I am. Here, here for Matthew DiPerno. He's one of my rock stars. There's the man himself. There is Matthew DiPerno. Here he is. Check him out. That's Matthew Deperno. Constitutional Lawyer, Antrim County Hero. Read all about it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, that takes us to the conclusion of the President Trump statement. Now we're going to get into a little bit of news, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a look at some other election happenings around the world. Now, you know, we talk about Wisconsin. We talk about Arizona. We talk about Georgia. We talk about Pennsylvania. We talk about Texas. We talk about New Hampshire. We talk about Nevada. We talk about Colorado. We talk about South Carolina. We talk about North Carolina. We talk about Michigan. Michigan. When it comes to election integrity and election happenings, did I say New Hampshire? We talk about all those states because little does everyone know, but all of these states are in play for some type of election integrity measures. We even talk about Louisiana. We even talk about California. Anyways, we even talked about Washington state. Well, here's one that we don't talk about often. Delaware. Oh, wait, but let's not forget, guys. How many of you guys here knew that Delaware had a forensic, uh, an election audit? Like the people of Delaware, illegitimate Joe's home state, actually had calls for a forensic audit and they they went through with one. Well, I don't know if all of you guys knew that or not, but let's see what's happening in the state of Delaware these days. Election inspector sues Delaware over early voting, permanent and absentee voter status. Oh, so this is a... Surprise turn of event in illegitimate Joe's home state, right? They're getting sued for early voting and permanent absentee voter status. This is from the Epoch Times, guys. Let's see what she's got to say. It says an election inspector in Delaware on february twenty fourth sued the state's Department of Elections seeking a declaration that its early voting option and permanent absentee voter system were unconstitutional. Michael Manella who has served as an elections inspector in eight polls, filed the lawsuit in the court of Chancery of Delaware in the 2000, in 2019, the Delaware general assembly passed legislation allowing in-person voting to begin at least 10 days before the 2022 general election. The statute also permitted registered voters in Delaware to apply for permanent absentee voter status, meaning a voter could apply once for an absentee ballot and, upon request, automatically receive an absentee ballot in every subsequent election. I'm sure that won't go wrong, right, ladies and gentlemen? Manila's complaint cited Article 5, Section 1 of the Delaware Constitution, which specified a day certain for the conduct of every biennial general election. The state's constitution said the election must be held on the first Tuesday next after the first Monday in the month of November. Manila contended that to begin in-person voting at least 10 days prior to the election, as the 2019 statute provided, the Delaware Constitution would have to be amended to allow for the expansion beyond the constitutionally designated day. Statistics provided in the brief by the Public Interest Legal Foundation. PILF! All right, guys, that's another good organization right there. The uh, statistics provided in the brief by the Public Interest Legal Foundation, co counsel for Manila, demonstrated a significant number of Delaware's permanent absentee voters were listed as deceased by the Social Security Death Index and in published obituaries. The complaint referenced the Delaware state website, which as of February 11, 2022, listed 23,000 permanent absentee voter rolls on voters on the rolls can you imagine that guys what if all of those permanent absentee voters on the roll were all dead so they never had to refile they never had to show up and vote again just to stay legitimate in the system they just had to request it once whether they were alive or not and here on for the next century these guys will receive permanent absentee ballots that is crazy guys That is crazy. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully the Public Interest Legal Foundation can fix this, because that is something else, guys. And PILF is really good about getting this stuff done. Let me tell you what, I'm a big supporter of PILF, the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Now, according to the complaint, some of those listed on the state's permanent absentee voter roll have been dead for 1 to 10 years, with one having died in 2010. Plaintiff's co-counsel Jane Brady told the Epoch Times, We are finding 12 to 15% of the 23,000 permanent absentee voters listed on the state's rolls have either died or moved away. It is important to bring this action to protect election integrity in Delaware. This is not a partisan issue, said Brady. According to a February 24th press release from PILF, Delaware's new permanent absentee voter statute allegedly violates the state's constitution because it grants an individual eligibility to vote by absentee ballot in perpetuity without consideration of the applicant's eligibility in each subsequent election. Delaware law does not mandate the State Election Commission to verify the eligibility of permanent absentee voters for each succeeding election. Instead, the commission requires the absentee voter to notify the state of any changes in his status, according to the complaint. Delaware State Election Commissioner Anthony Albans was not available for comment. PILF President J. Christian Adams said in February 2000, and uh, February, in the February 24th press release, that Delaware election inspectors are forced to choose between obeying the statutes or following the state constitution. We are confident the court will uphold the rule of law and the state constitution. Isn't that crazy, guys? Is that not crazy the way that they will use any way? To violate the law, of the Constitution, and subvert the law, the will of the people, in order to cheat or fraud. They want dead people and people who moved away. They want to make it easy for them up there in Delaware. They're like, well, if they moved away, we'll just, uh, we'll just uh, commit fraud once and sign off on the check for a permanent absentee ballot. And then we're set for life, guys. We might as well be a part of the election rigging information center, Eric, because, uh, well, they'll always be voting. Even a century dead, a century later, they'd still be voting, guys. It is insane. It is insane. Okay. Next story on election integrity comes from Indiana. Who would have thunk we'd be talking about Indiana? Okay. This is not necessarily about election integrity. It's actually more about election status for a particular candidate. So this goes into the races, right? The races. Not election integrity per se. Okay. Okay. This has to do with an Indiana um, representative who's running. His name is uh, Jim Banks. Okay. Now, apparently, election officials tried to get, or I should say the Democrats, tried to get Jim Banks from uh, being able to run in his uh, selected campaign. Well, fortunately, Indiana officials decided to reject these Democrat efforts. So let's catch up on this. What's going on? Indiana officials unanimously reject Democrats' effort to disqualify Representative Jim Banks from his 2022 election run. I believe this is from the Epoch Times as well, guys. Yeah. And it says this. The bipartisan Indiana Election Commission has unanimously dismissed a Democrat challenger's bid to force an outspoken pro-Trump Republican congressman. Off the 2022 ballot for contesting the 2020 presidential election results. Oh yeah, did I mention he did not? Uh, he was against what happened in 2020 with Trump, and that's why they tried to disqualify him. Anyways, the article continues. Aaron A. J. Culkins of Fort Wayne, Indiana, who's running in a three-way Democrat Party primary for the right to face third-term United States Representative Jim Banks. In the November general election, filed a formal challenge on February 10th. Calkins claimed in the filing that Banks was guilty of a violation of the 14th Amendment supporting an insurrection. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution says, No person shall be a representative in Congress who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same. Doesn't that kind of mean that every single Democrat in the book is uh, in violation of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution? I mean, really, guys, they are. You guys know they are. My audience knows they are. This so called disqualification clause, that's part of the 14th Amendment, is a post Civil War measure that, among other things, was aimed at keeping individuals who fought for the defeated Confederacy out of Congress. The amendment was ratified on July 9, 1868, a little more than three years after Confederate General Robert E. Lee's Army of Northern Virginia surrendered. The clause was meant for the Confederate officers who actually took up arms against the United States. J. Christian Adams, president of the Indianapolis-based Public Interest Legal Foundation, otherwise known as PILF, recently said to the Epoch Times. The novel theory that someone can be tossed from the ballot for something that falls short of an actual insurrection comes from attorney Mark Elias, who has a long history of successfully challenging election integrity laws in court. He laid out a blueprint for using the 14th Amendment to disqualify Republicans in a December 20, 2021 Twitter post. Here's what the vomit bag, known as Mark Elias, had to say. My prediction for 2022, before the midterm election... We will have a serious discussion about whether individual Republican House are disqualified by Section 3 of the 14th Amendment from serving in Congress. We may even see litigation. Sorry, Markelis is a vomit bag. Elias is also a central figure in the Russiagate conspiracy. He represented the Democrat National Committee and Hillary Clinton's campaign in the 2016 presidential election cycle, hiring Fusion GPS in April 2016 to conduct opposition research against then-presidential candidate Donald Trump. That research effort culminated in the now-discredited 35-page dossier written by former British spy Christopher Steele, that purported to tie Trump to the Russian government. At the February 18th commission hearing in Indianapolis, which was live-streamed over YouTube, Calkin said, Bank supported an insurrection against the United States by participating in a lawsuit brought by Texas that questioned the election results in several other states and by voting against certifying Democrat Joe Biden as the winner of the electoral votes of Arizona. And Pennsylvania during a joint session of Congress January 6th and January 7th, 2021. During that joint session, the security breach of the United States Capitol, or the security of the United States Capitol was breached, and the disturbance delayed certification and then candidate Biden's election victory by several hours, according to the Epoch Times. During an oral presentation to the commission, Calkins said Banks was part of a larger Republican conspiracy against democracy. They wanted to steal the election, just like we the Democrats did. They wanted to turn off the results, just like we the Democrats did, and make Trump president. When Banks co-signed into the lawsuit, he wanted to basically disenfranchise 30 million voters from five states, according to Calkins. Representative Banks stated that this was just his personal decision, that he did not believe the electoral system was correct. Calkins appeared to be referring to Texas versus Pennsylvania, the lawsuit Texas attempted to initiate in the United States Supreme Court by filing a motion on December 7, 2020 that was filed by Ken Paxton for leave to file a bill of complaint. Banks was not actually a party in the legal proceedings. He was one individual in a block of 126 members of the United States House of Representatives who filed a motion seeking permission to file a sympathetic friend of the court brief in the case. When the Supreme Court decided four days later to not allow the case to proceed, the motion brought by Banks was dismissed as moot. Calkins also said Banks violated his oath to uphold the Constitution by participating in an insurrection against the federal government. He defined the word insurrection to mean an organized, usually violent act or revolt or rebellion against an established government governing authority of states and other political entity. What happened on the January 6th false flag capital riot? was an insurrection, people invading the U.S. Capitol, he said. When I saw that happen, Culkin said, I thought it was horrible. This is as bad as burning it down in 1812, but not burning it down during the summer of love when BLM and Antifa were out there with their tiki torches he seemed to refer to the burning of the U.S. Capitol building by the British on August 24th, 1814, during the War of 1812, which I might add as a caveat, Russia helped the states win. It wasn't really a coup, but it was an insurrection. There was a violent insurrection by the people who had invaded the Capitol, and then there was a political insurrection, people that were going to try and take it down, just like they did in 1776. One set of elections were turned in, and our congressman decided that he had the right to vote against it. I believe that I don't follow the Constitution, says Calkins. I follow the will of my political party. And he also said, I believe that he was part of an insurrection. And because he supported that, I believe that under the clause, that what I believe is totally false and that he should not be on the ballot. Paul Mullen, Banks' attorney, said the allegation was baseless. Mullen said Banks took to television the night of January 6, 2021 to denounce the tumultuous conduct of that day and call for its perpetrators to be prosecuted. He said that removing his client from the ballot would deprive his supporters of their preferred representative in the House. This challenge itself is an attempt to undermine democracy, Mullen said. Before the commission voted to reject the challenge, its chairman, Paul Okison said the events of January 6, 2021 were a regrettable mark in history, but he knew of no evidence that Banks was guilty of participating in an insurrection. After the hearing, Banks claimed vindication. Many Democrats in Washington hoped to weaponize the 14th Amendment to disenfranchise President Trump's 74 million votes, 75. Banks said in a statement, I hope they watch today's unanimous decision. Well, good for you, Jim Banks. And you know what? We probably need more representatives like him in Congress. Admittedly, I don't know a whole lot on Jim Banks, but he sounds like an upstanding man. All right. Let's see what we got next. Oh, lordy, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry guys, I was not expecting Black Pennywise to be on my screen next. Okay. <laughs> Hold on guys, let me uh let me put the fear of the devil in you for a minute while I figure out what I'm doing with the rest of the show. Oh wait, here's what we'll do. Here. Th- this will be much better. Okay. I need to just uh do this and this. Uh yeah, we got to do one more for the road. Okay. All right, so we're on our last story for tonight, guys. (laughs) Okay, are you ready for it? Here comes Black Pennywise. (laughs) They float, they float down there, don't they? Activist Judge Kentanji Brown, right? That's her name? I think that's her name. Kentanji Brown? Okay, anyways, guys. We're finally going to close the circle tonight on... uh, illegitimate Joe's Supreme Court justice nomination, right? Because we had a briar over there during the poo-poo party. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Joe Biden, thank you. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. He loves me. He really loves me. Yeah, it was pretty bad, guys. I've never seen such... I've never seen such a... uh, (laughs) Sorry. I've never seen a justice act such a way. I just saw W.C. Cranop's comment. He's now two pounds lighter. (laughs) Sorry, Cranop. I hate to do that to you, buddy. Oh, man. I try and give you guys fair warning. I try and give you guys fair warning or tell you to put your swamp creature goggles on because something's coming. All right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is too much. That is a hoot and a holler. Okay, guys, let's get through the next two articles. They come from Judicial Watch. Now, just like the Public Interest Legal Foundation, just like Project Veritas, I love Judicial Watch, you know. You get me some Tom Fitton, and you get me some uh, James O'Keefe, and I am a happy man, ladies and gentlemen. But let's talk about Ketanji, I think that's her name, Ketanji Brown or something like that. Let's see. What is your name, woman? Her name is uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Now, this is the woman that illegitimate Joe has nominated to the Supreme Court. So, it wasn't Michelle Obama. I mean, Michael Obama. It was not Michael Obama. It was not Heels Up Harris. Because, after all, he said he was going to nominate a black woman. So, that immediately disqualifies Michael Obama and Heels Up Harris. Because everyone knows that those are not women. Okay? All right. So, I guess he had to go with Black Pennywise. Okay? Okay? All right, so let's see what Judicial Watch had to say about Black Pennywise, the judicial activist that has been nominated to the highest court in the United States of America. All right, it goes this way. And actually, I'm going to take this down a notch. There we go. I like that much better. It says... uh, Nomination of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court. President Biden bowed to pressure from his radical base and selected a judicial activist to fill Justin Stephen Breyer's seat on the Supreme Court. Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson has a long record of left-wing activism both on and off the bench. Disturbingly, President-select Biden seems to have selected Judge Jackson under a process that excluded Michael Obama and Hills Up Harris and other potential nominees simply because of their race and sex. The Senate must not only investigate Biden's invidious discrimination, but must also be prepared to reject Judge Jackson or any other nominee who wants to further politicize the Supreme Court by legislating from the bench. Now, the federal agency teaches employees about microaggressions. Okay, wait, are we on a different article here? Is that all you had to say? That is all he had to say. Well, you know what, guys? It's okay, because that's not all he had to say. Let's go to this article here. Judicial Watch's statement on the nomination of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson otherwise known as Black Pennywise, to the Supreme Court. Actually, if I were to be absolutely honest, the one I would really legitimately and full-heartedly call Black Pennywise is the, is the woman who m- created the 1619 Project, thereby uh, creating um, an easy tunnel for critical race theory to infect our schools. Now, that woman, I can't remember her name, but the woman who created... The 1619 Project over there in Virginia, she is Black Pennywise because she's got the red hair, right? And then she wears makeup that is like three shades too light for her skin tone. Yeah, she's the Black Penny. And then she has the blood red lips and the demon eyes and all that stuff. Anyways, okay. That's besides the point, guys. Okay, here we go. Judicial Watch President President Tom Fitton made the following statement on the nomination of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court. President Biden... Oh, God, this is exactly... Come on, Tom Fitton. (laughs) Well, apparently we already read the statement. Let's do it again. President Biden has bowed to the pressure from his radical base and has selected a judicial activist to fill Justice Stephen Breyer's seat on the Supreme Court. Judge Katanji Brown Jackson has a long record of left-wing activism both on and off the bench. Disturbingly, President Biden seems to have selected Judge Jackson under a process that excluded potential nominees simply because of their race and sex. The Senate must not only investigate Biden's invidious discrimination, but must also be prepared to reject Judge Jackson or any other nominee Who wants to further politicize the Supreme Court by legislating from the bench? So you get a twofer right there from Tom Fitton because I was just a little bit too zealous in sharing this information with you guys. Okay, I think because of that, guys, I feel like I owe you at least one more story. Actually, how about I give you guys two more stories for tonight? They'll be quick ones. And then we will call tonight adieu, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do this. Okay. All right. Are you ready, guys? Last two stories of the night. Thank you all again for joining us on this night tonight, March 1st, for a late night edition of the Sea Report. Pew! Let's do a little bit of random news, ladies and gentlemen, as if though what I've been sharing with you guys weren't random enough. (laughs) Here's some stories from the pipelines that have been coming my way, ladies and gentlemen. We'll start here with this one from the Epoch Times. Now, consider the possibilities about this story, ladies We're not going to speculate. We're not going to get into the realms of, uh, of conspiracy theory, but it's an interesting story nonetheless. Came across my desk this morning. It says here from the Epoch Times, a ship carrying 4,000 cars... Sinks in the Atlantic Oceans, officials say. Now, cargo ships being deterred, uh, cargo ships washing up on land, cargo ships with all of these cargo crates on them, and cargo ships sinking in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean that have 4,000 cars on them. What is up with that, right? I don't know, guys. I mean, let's see what the story had to say. It goes on like this. A cargo ship carrying thousands of vehicles that caught on fire near the Azores has now or Azores sorry has now sunk into the Atlantic Ocean a cargo ship sank into the Atlantic Ocean officials confirmed on Tuesday the portuguese navy confirmed on social media that the felicity ace sunk about 25 nautical miles outside the limit of the azores economic zone in the atlantic The ocean depth, naval officials estimated, is about 10,000 feet in that area. The weather was pretty rough out there, said Pat Adamson, a spokesperson for MOL Ship Management, which operates the vessel, according to Bloomberg News. And then she sank, which was a surprise. After the ship sank... It left debris and a small patch of oily waste, which is being dispersed by tugboats, water jets, the Portuguese Navy said. The site is now being monitored by Portuguese and EU environmental agencies. The merchant ship, which was traveling to the United States from Germany, was carrying about 4,000 cars, including ones made by Volkswagen, Porsche, Bentley, and others. There were reports saying the ship was also carrying electric vehicles on board. Now, I said, we're not going to speculate. We're not going to get into conspiracy theory land. We're going to leave our aluminum foil hats off to the side. But a cargo ship? Really? A full-blown cargo ship. Now, when I first heard this story, the cargo ship was on fire. It had a fire and now it's underwater. I wonder what other kind of cargo was aboard this ship. O- or maybe there was a certain type of cargo in the trunks of these cars. I'm just saying. But not speculating. The story continues. While it remains too early to confirm what occurred and next steps, we are, along with our colleagues at Porsche AG, Supporting our customers and our dealers as best we can to find solutions, said Angus Fitton, a Porsche vice president, in reports published in February. We are in contact with the shipping company and the details of the cars on board are now known. Last month, one Twitter user, Matt Farah, who operates the Smoking Tire website, wrote that his Porsche was on the burning ship. I just got the call from my dealer. My car is now adrift, possibly on fire, in the middle of the ocean, he twi- tweeted at the time. A Bentley spokesperson told the BBC that its cars were also on the beleaguered ship. Officials told Automotive News that they believe that dozens of Lamborghinis, including, including Euras Urus, Urus, SUVs, as well as Aventador and Haraka models were on the vessel. I've never heard of any of these kinds of cars. Jeez. Must be an import. We don't know yet the final outcome, the CEO of Automobili Lamborghini America, Andrea Baldi, told the outlet. We also are waiting for official information for the time being. We have informed our dealers and they have informed our customers because whatever happens, in any case, there will be a delay. The Aventador model, worth hundreds of thousands of dollars each, is sold out and is nearing the end of its production run, the site noted. The car is sold out, so there's always a possibility out of 563 units that some cancellation can allow an Aventador replacement, but I prefer to hope for the time being... "...that at least the few Aventadors on the ship will be safe," Baldi told Automotive News. "...the cause of the Felicity Ace blaze remains unclear." And that's the ticket right there, guys. Unclear. It was on fire, and now it's in the ocean. I don't know, maybe we should keep our eyes on that story. Maybe there will be further developments. Ten thousand feet under the sea, guys. It's not easy to recover cargo that deep. Here's tonight's last story, guys. (laughs) You'll have to forgive me. We're practically in the dark here, guys. It's almost midnight Texas time. So uh, forgive me for being so crude with this last story. We are doing random news at the moment. Rim job scandal plague, United States Representative Taylor goes into vote count with Ted Cruz's endorsement in hand. For those of you who don't know what a rim job is, well, you'll have to wait until you get into proper Mr. C in the Dark episodes to find out. Go look in Urban Dictionary. I'm not going to educate you in this manner, but all I can say is... Never trust a salty rim. Here we go. Scandal-plagued United States Representative Van Taylor heads into Tuesday's vote count short at least one key endorsement. On Sunday night, Texas Values Action, a major faith and freedom political advocacy nonprofit in the state, scrubbed Taylor from its list of endorsements. The embattled congressman still maintains the endorsement of Senator Ted Cruz, however. As of Tuesday afternoon, Cruz appears to be standing behind Taylor. Oh, Taylor, if you got Ted Cruz standing behind you, I wonder what that's all about. (laughs) Cruz, you know what the man's into. You might want to keep your mouth to yourself. The senator's office did not respond to National Files' request for comment, and no statement has been issued that would indicate a change in direction. Maybe Ted Cruz likes a salty rim. I don't know. Cruz has been one of Taylor's most high-profile endorsements, and one the congressman has often touted. Taylor has been accused of offering hush money to former ISIS bride Tanya Joya in order to cover up an extramarital affair. Joya was previously married to American-born ISIS member John Jigorlis or George who was killed in a 2017 airstrike after Tanya and the couple's children fled Syria. According to Joya, she and Taylor engage in a raunchy extramarital affair from October 2020 through June 2021. In one extremely graphic text allegedly sent by Taylor, the congressman requested a long, slow rim job... <laughs> I'm going to blush, okay? (laughs) Joya alleges that Taylor paid her $5,000 to keep quiet, but not $5,000 for the long, slow rim job, apparently, with the alleged payment taking place during Taylor's time in the U.S. House of Representatives. She later provided Breitbart News with a bank statement that demonstrates the alleged payment, according to Joya. Additionally, Joya claims that Taylor offered to buy her a house wherein she could probably initiate more. Never mind. She also claims Taylor offered her an additional offer of $15,000 for another long. Just kidding. To help launch a fitness studio. Taylor is currently being primaried by three opponents in Texas's 3rd Congressional District. If he fails to gain more than 50% of the vote, he could be forced into a runoff. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, do you want to know what Michael Gableman has to say about this story? Nuff said, ladies and gentlemen. Nuff said, Michael Gableman, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for those... Lovely facial expressions. <laughs> again, he's like, Gaw, he wanted a what? <laughs> all right, guys, as we wrap up the C Report tonight, again, with many thanks to all of you who tuned in to tonight's show, I just gotta say, I just gotta pitch this one more time. My uh, podcasting platform has successfully demonetized the show. Because I do not have enough members in my audience to qualify for monetization. If everyone in the audience at this moment went over to anchor.fm slash the C report, subscribed for free, and maybe once a week allowed the episode to play without even paying attention to it my audience would raise up so I could get monetization. Now, this was one of the ways that I was kind of struggling to stay alive um, because it doesn't depend on people actively donating. All they have to do is push play. Well, no more, ladies and gentlemen. Even, put, even pushing play will not help if you go listen to my podcast. So um, I would ask that perhaps anyone in the audience tonight who would like to support this show, go and uh, visit anchor.fm slash the report And, uh, you know, uh, see if you can't play an episode once a week or so, so that my audience will reach the threshold so that I can receive monetization for my work on my podcast. Now, if you've been following the work I do here at The Sea Report and you've been following the podcast, then you know... You get episodes of the C Report at least five times a week. You get episodes of Lone Star News. We're quickly backing up and uploading episodes of Mr. C in the Dark. So you're getting, like, for free, five to eight episodes brand new from my mouth to your ears, from your ears to your brain. Every time that you listen to and or, and it's free. And, you know, you don't even have to be at anchor.fm slash the C report. You don't even have to be a member of the anchor.fm network. You know, you can find as cited here, all the different uh, podcast stations that we come out on. Yes, we're on the ones that track you like Spotify, like Go Ogle, like Apple, but we're also on a whole bunch of independents. You know, like Backtracks, like Spreaker. Oh, no, we're not on Spreaker. take it back. Uh, it's Speaker and, uh, and a whole bunch of other ones like that you can find us on. And uh, you know, or you can go to the and click on the about tab, and there's even more podcasting platforms that we're on podbean. You know, I don't even know I, I don't even know how we're on Podbean, but Podbean actually is one of our biggest listenerships, and yet we're still below threshold. Now I am no longer getting monetized. They took that joy away from me, and I have to have a certain amount of audience members in order to get monetized on my podcast which is very disheartening for all the work that I do here. And I was only making about two cents per click, or maybe a cent per click, but every bit helps. So I'm asking now if you can help me by going to anchor.fm, finding us on whatever platform you like, subscribing for free, and maybe tuning in once a week, sharing the link, so this way I can grow my podcast audience and I can get monetized again, guys. It would really, really help. And I'm asking you, please near right getting on my knees and asking you because uh it was nice while it lasted but um well i guess they caught up to me guys all right well i thank you all for your efforts in that and i thank you for your help and your assistance that brings us to a close tonight for the sea report i hope you guys had a great time out there i hope it was as good for you as it was for me Tanette Booth, thank you for throwing that cookie this way. I so appreciate you, hun. And for everyone else who sent donations this way during the show, we do it on Cash App. We do it on PayPal. Uh, we do it through Gold Pills, We do it through Rumble Rants. We do it through bits and subscriptions on Twitch. And any, 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 any amount helps, guys, to keep the uh, keep the lights on here, keep the bills paid, and to allow me to continue to broadcast on as many platforms as I do. Uh, because, uh, it's getting a little bit tighter now, guys, but thank you again for all your support, your help, your moral support, sharing the links. It means a lot, guys. It means a lot. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll go ahead and wrap up tonight's show. I won't hold you guys out any longer than I have, because I know it's been a bit of a doozy for you. I know you've seen a lot of the sea tonight. Uh, but we'll be back again tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, and we're looking forward to being with you here at the C-Report at Mr. C-TV. And as myself, Michael Aaron Cossers, otherwise known as Mr. C, I bid you uh, good night. I bid you safety. I bid you blessings. And as always, God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night, guys.